Okay, before we get started, I'm just going to check out what he is doing. And while I wait for that, I'm going to go check on the bathroom. Let me know how it's doing. Okay, feeling, it's feeling flush. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's start it's got a It's got a sinking feeling. Oh, boy. It's feeling a little tubby? Yeah, it's, that's about as good as it'll get. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, well. I tried. It's feeling like someone pooed in it. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Stop drilling, you struck oil. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. And my name's Ian Boothby. Again, it should be getting easier, and it isn't. What? That sounded perfect. Episode, I... episode what? What number? Uh, that's a good question. Six. Is it six? Six? Yeah. 27. Yeah. Even the first number. The first number should be the gimme, right? <laughs> that should be the easy peasy one. But and I, then it gets trickier. It but it I starts... can edit out my little uh-huh. faux pas at the beginning. Sure. You know, like no one will know that Welcome I... to episode six, <laughs> two, <laughs> seven. Yeah, everyone's like smooth. I was, more, I was just more confused at what show we were doing. Mm. As if we do other shows. But. Well, you do another show. You do horse, I, horse I mysteries. Do, we don't. It's a different. We have done other shows. We've done like uh, there's like uh, what was it? Eight shows on this network. Like nine. Nine. Nine shows. There. Of course, that's confusing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're responsible for some of them. Doesn't it feel like we should do like a tenth one just just to make it ten? Like it feels weird that it's nine. Yeah. That's not a good number. It's weird. Yeah. One day. Yeah, naughty number nine. <laughs> there was one aspect uh, of uh, fan splainers that uh, kind of picked up on a little bit last uh, last week, uh, which is where we'd come up with our own endings for movies sometimes. And so last week I came up with one for uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory that I then put on Facebook yep. and uh, got some nice uh, response from that uh, with the people. Uh, I got an ending for Star Wars. Uh, the original Star Wars, or yeah. just like the whole no, no, the fuck whole thing the in... fuck the rest. Okay. It's just Star Wars. Just Star Wars, okay. Yeah. By the way, it was interesting. I had a friend over. Like it doesn't have a good enough ending. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Uh, we I had a friend over. I had a friend over this weekend. Uh, we can talk about uh, that gathering of friends, <laughs> uh, and they mentioned like uh, that uh, the only Star Wars they saw was the original, mm-hmm. and they saw it in the theater, and yeah. that was it. Wow. So they haven't seen it since like you know was seventy seven was that when it came out? That's Lisa. Well, it wasn't Lisa. But I know, yes. but I'm saying that's, that's Lisa also too. Lisa. Yeah, Lisa saw the first one in the theater. And Interesting. Not, not seen another one. Right. So this is basically a redo. This is how I would uh, change the ending yeah. of just that Star Wars movie. Okay. Just that one. Sure. Forget all the rest of the stuff. Just, just for this Forget person. knowing that people are related. Yeah. Forget all that business. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the way I go with it, the way the force works is, the force is a force. And it's in the, it's in the universe. It's almost like... Uh, Almost like a ghost that's there. Okay. And it uh, it can deliver power to you and help you to do things. Sure. Um, but uh, it will go to the person who is basically, I don't want to say the purest, but like, you know, who has the clearest vision. Uh, and, you know, so, uh, so when uh, Obi-Wan says, hey, uh, Darth Vader killed your father and he was a Jedi. Yeah. And now Darth Vader has this this dark power. My feeling is when he fought his father, he took his power. Basically, the Force chose Vader over over Luke's father because Luke's father was conflicted. 
and 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 Darth Vader had a pure vision, and the Force went, "Yeah, I'm with this guy." And the Force went over to Vader. Okay, and so that's why Vader is the only one who can like pick. You know, he didn't pick people up, but he was choking people with his Force powers yeah, and that kind yeah. of stuff. So yeah. he's got the evil wizard abilities. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, later, uh, later on when Luke is, uh, you know, going, uh, to blow up the Death Star and, you know, is, uh, uh, what, what will happen is because he's got such a strong vision of what he wants to do yeah. and such a pure spirit, the force sees that and goes, Oh yeah, I'm with this guy again and recognizes a bit of the father in him, but it's a purer version of that. Okay. And so he leaves Vader and goes to him. So one, Luke can blow things up. But two, you know that thing where Vader is basically like piloting the ship and goes, whoa, and is like spinning out of control. <laughs> yeah. Basically the same deal. But the reason is because now Vader's just had the force to yeah. leave him. And now he's just a guy in uh, a suit and he doesn't have these abilities anymore. And now he's screwed. Okay. So like off off he goes. So I would uh, I would do that. That would be the thing. So now so Luke o- has... Only, only one person at a time gets the force. Well, or it... Uh, it can, I don't necessarily think it's like necessarily one person, but it's drawn to uh, the stronger spirit. Okay. So, and that can be for 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 evil, or it can be for good. Sure. And in this case, it was for good, and he uh, he goes into Luke, and possibly someone could challenge him in the future, and he could sure. lose it. Sure. So but now, when, which when, age of uh, Star Wars characters does this Force Ghost appear as? How so? How so? Well, is it like the young Darth Vader? Does it appear as that, or does it appear as the older Darth Vader? Does it appear? As like a young Obi Wan, I think it's just a force you don't by... see. Oh, okay, but I do. I also think like there's that line where uh, where Obi Wan says, you know, if you strike me down, uh, I'll be more powerful than you could ever imagine. Yeah. What I think is like there is a bit of force in uh, in Obi Wan, and when he's when he's killed, that force is released. Mm. So now that also that force is kind of up for grabs yeah. as well, and a little bit of that goes into uh, Luke, which is how. Obi-Wan can do it. Use the Force. Do it. Take the Force. And the Force goes, hey, I like this guy. Over to over to him. And so, you know, he kind of earns it that way with his pure uh, vision and spirit mm. instead of midichlorians in later <laughs> stories. I don't, not, a, not a big fan of the midichlorians, I have to admit. Yeah. Just because it felt kind of... Um, it felt kind of... Uh, Whatever the word is, yeah, it makes the force kind of kind of sentient or more interested. It's almost like uh, almost like a dog, you know. And who's the who? Who does the dog go with? Okay, and it's like the dog can go with the bad guy who's mm. telling it to do stuff, or it can go with the friendly, loving person who's yeah. over here. But the dog's interested in the guy telling it to do bad stuff too, because some of that bad stuff is kind of fun. So in your in your vision of of Star Wars, there's only this one movie. Yes. There would be no other films after that. No, if you were to do another one, it would be Vader is like having to rebuild himself. He's not stronger now. He's like lost the force. And so he feels like kind of almost blinded Mm. and uh, and wants to uh, reclaim it. And so he's got to make Luke uh, more conflicted mm. uh, about, you know, uh, what he's doing is right and thinking what he's doing is right. And if he can do that, then he will claim the force again like he did from his father. He could play it that way if you wanted. Sure. But none of this, I'm your dad stuff. Well, I think that's very powerful. I don't like the, the, the Luke, the Leia's the sister part. I think that's just like copying. <laughs> like they just couldn't think of anything to do. So they're like, mm-hmm. oh, but those people really liked when, Luke, when Darth Vader was his father. Let's make Luke his sister. All right. Well, what it does also, it really answers the love triangle, 
you know, uh, it's like uh, Betty and Veronica and Archie, and then you mm. find out, oh, by the way, Betty's your sister. Yeah. What? Okay, well, then I guess you're with Veronica. No problem there. There's no, there's no conflict. There's no, you know, whereas it's an interesting love triangle of just like, who's she going to go with, the bad boy or mm-hmm. the good boy? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah. Um, and so, and you and, num- think, and film number two answers that question. What, what happens in film number two? She kisses Luke. In film number two? Yeah. Is it? No, but they. And then, uh, and then it's the I love you, I know. Yeah, but she just does that. She kisses Luke because she wants to make Han Solo jealous. It's sure. Not, not nothing to do with Luke. How does Luke feel about that situation? I don't think Luke's very happy. Well, he's, he is actually happy. He is happy because he doesn't know. He's he doesn't smug know afterwards, on. like, yeah. look at that. Check look this shit that. out. Yeah. What it would be then if you were doing that <laughs> is like, he chooses, uh, he basically chooses a life of service and mm. to the force and Jedi and blah, 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 instead of, he basically becomes a priest. Yeah. You know, and so that solves that problem. One interesting thing that, that the new, I don't, I've not seen Rebels or Clone Wars, but the new Ahsoka, 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 the new show with its kind of uh, extra dimension of whatever that is, that, that kind of force. A world but within world. Yeah. Uh, away from world. World between worlds or whatever kind of yeah, situation. Sure. Um, the make em up land. The, make em up the land, land of make em up. But what makes, that in, what makes that interesting to me is this idea that, so... Obi-Wan Kenobi knows that that he can access that when he's dead. That's what will make him more powerful. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader will, does not know about this because he is a Sith. The Sith are about trying to to uh, live forever. They want to try to conquer death. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of death. So they don't know the power that lies with beyond death for Jedis. Yeah, when you don't fear death, then you can see what uh, mm-hmm. is beyond death. Yeah, and so and so I think that makes it kind of interesting when they, you know, when when you hear that in the first Star Wars film, that kind of idea hadn't really hasn't been worked out yet, but I do think it resonates back to that kind of, kind of in an interesting way. Uh, I don't know if it's intended by anyone, but it does it re- resonate back to that that part of the film, mm-hmm. anyhow. And in one other way as well, but I can't think of it now. But that's fine. Uh, and I think that if they played that more in the films, that would have been more interesting, especially in the third film, which I, obviously I'm not a fan of, and I think suffers from a lack of other than the ending. Which you know, like the final ending is is good. Like it's yeah. it's great. Like the showdown between the the emperor and and Luke and and then Darth Vader is sort of in between the two. Of them. Sure, that's a really and powerful choice, part of the yeah. film. Yeah, uh, the rest of the film is really doesn't. It's not great. And that's nothing to do with Ewoks. I have no problem with Ewoks or any of that kind of stuff. I just think that a lot of the character lines had finished in the in the yeah. Second so you're just movie. killing time until you get to the scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have like a, the silliest rescue ever seen. Yeah. And then you know, then the uh, very long drawn out uh, you know attempt to get into the new Death Star, which is you know like it's just another Death Star. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Once again, I I always say like the greatest <laughs> salesperson in the world is the person, and again that was the second Death Star, but like the person who sold yeah. uh, you know the bad guys the third Death Star. Sure, sure. Like that person is a great salesperson. It's like. Listen up. Yeah. Death Star. Yeah. What? We, this isn't so, the beta version. This isn't the beta version. Look, listen, is, I know what you're yeah. saying, but the last thing they're going to be expecting yeah. is, it is be, another Death Star. To be part of a planet. Yeah. That's what we're, we're going with now. Like, yeah. We're retrofitting a planet at the, as a Death Star. Is there a anything, death planet. Any, anything else you're going to be uh, doing for this plan? We're going to use the Force. <laughs> okay. We're going to use the Force, and we're going to make a Death Star. Yeah. Hear me out. <laughs> That's the end of my pitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, we'll it's a bring set. it's a deal. We'll bring back the emperor. Yeah, he's oh. cackling, cackling old that emperor. 
What's he going to do? I don't know. Hang around a cave, shoot lightning out of his hands. Some shit like that. I don't know. Maybe there's people around. Maybe there's not. I'm not sure. It's yeah. vague. It's very vague. He's got a lot of starships hidden in the ground or something. Yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of starships. Oh. How? What? How? But we do we know what? other people who could fight those starships? Oh, yeah. We know a lot of people. So can we contact? What's communication like here? Can we call them? Do we have to go see them in person? How does space work? Yeah. What's going on? They what's do, distance? They do seem to have to go to see a lot of people in person, don't they? Yeah. And when you see all those people at the end show up, mm. you're just like, were they all under, like, the Empire? <laughs> I think you could have won this fight. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of... Are you all different countries? Mm. What is this? Who are you? Yeah. Okay. It's nice designs. There's a lot of nice Lego sets up there. <laughs> I'm sure someone will, someone will have. I guess that's what those for. Yeah, it got, uh, it got too big. Got way too big. <laughs> yeah. But your third film is always your problem. The second film... You know, you're you're just building up tension, building up tension, building mm. up tension, making yeah. things crazy, uh, and then you got to like, unfortunately, solve the problems in the third film, and that and that's when you end up like fighting a giant baby head and uh, destroying the Matrix, and everyone goes, we as you as you said at this party this weekend, yeah. people like the Matrix. We don't want to see you destroy the Matrix. Yeah, we don't see the Matrix get destroyed. <laughs> And I do think that, I think all those movies would have, I mean, obviously, Keanu Reeves could be the star of each film, but it would be almost more interesting if he played a different character in each movie and awakened as a character. Because as he's an avatar in a, in a Matrix, he can be the same, yeah. the same looking person who's been in some way, uh, you know, brainwashed into the Matrix and his power diminished by, by you know, being uh, subsumed into this into this thing and they're attempting to control him and other versions of him within this thing our friend uh steve scrosh was at a party we were at this mm-hmm. weekend yeah upstairs upstairs from this very uh, studio <laughs> and uh, he was one of the storyboarders and uh designers uh on uh, the matrix yes. movies and most of the wachowski mm. uh films so we yeah. got into a discussion of the Matrix mm-hmm. uh, this weekend, and he's pretty clear-eyed about them. He's not, yeah. he, you know, obviously they they paid for a big part of his whatever he has. In his I like life. that we were giving him <laughs> notes on the uh, most recent film. It's like, and here's what we think. <laughs> but he like, oh, that's good. He it's, didn't disagree. It's, that's useful. No, he was he was agreeing. Yeah, and I won't say what the notes are. Uh, but uh, it was one of those things where just like. Yeah, the movie's out. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing, the you, can there's nothing you can do about it. But here's what, here's but the other thing. thing. You, you sh- here's what you should do. Yeah, it's like okay. When you're an enthusiast, I did like that. He said they always pay way too much attention to the characters that no one likes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, you've got you know, you've got Neo. Everyone loves Neo. Why are you spending all this time with other characters? Like. I think because Neo's arc was done. Well, yeah, that was the first movie. So, like, we got mm-hmm. a second movie. What do we? What do we do? Do we yeah. have Neo reset and he's like now just a mess again? Or yeah. like, no, no, he's fine. You can't do that. Well, then we got to focus on someone yeah. else. That's it's like. But that's how about a I whole think... land uh, of people and have? Uh, how about they dance for a while? <laughs> yeah, how what? A, how about they have a big rave? Okay, raves are popular right now, right? It's the mid nineties. We can have raves. I don't even know that. And this is better than this is the mid. Uh, you know, the world of New York that Neo lives in in the first movie. Yeah, because they're dancing and they're all uh, having good, sexy times. Like, oh, okay. And the robots hate it. The New York of Matrix, also known as Sydney. Mm. (laughs) Um, I feel. I just. I know. I just think that because no, as I said, also said at the party, no, no outcome 
could be better than what you how you feel at the end of the matrix when he sure. flies up into the sky nothing you can do after that will ever make you feel as good at that moment following that story so you need to start again in the next movie and just create a new arc for a new character that ends in him flying in some way or something happening that feels completely freeing and wonderful you know, and do that for the third one. And somehow you end it there. Or you don't. You can just carry on if you it's, want. It's weird. The way that uh, one of my favorite Matrix things, I mean, the first Matrix is, you know, yeah, of course, that's the thing. That's great. Second best Matrix to me is the video game. Because okay. the video game uh, ties in with the movie, like, real clear. Like, there's things mm. where, you know, uh, you do a whole bunch of stuff and then you end up in a scene in the movie and you feel like you were participating in it. And I'm like... Yeah, this is right. Like the Matrix and video games go together very, very well. And now I'm, uh, I'm more immersed in this world because I'm actually in this world. That's great. This did take me to a different place in the, in, in, with, with this uh, storyline. And there's different aspects to the storyline that unfold. Mm -hmm. Perfect. That's great. Not just sitting back from a distance watching stuff happen. And it's like, mm, that's good. Yeah, yeah. He's fighting on a truck. It's good. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if you if you watch the second one, like, I mean, it has that great highway sequence, which is so fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, and it could just be like part of a different storyline with a different character. You know, like incorporated into the, into that. To it, you know, I just think I don't know. And I, I do just like that like, uh, uh, Morpheus doesn't die in the in the first movie because it really looks like he's going to die. He's mm -hmm. the mentor character. He's the Obi Wan. Yeah, everything's set up. He's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Knows it all. And yeah. so your your smart move story wise is you kill the know it all guy so that the other guy is now in more danger. Uh, but you know, it's just like it's better to have him around. And it's like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's more fun. It's an interesting character. Don't kill them. Sure. And when he when he appears to that next version of Keanu Reeves in the second film, then and awakens that character to his powers. And, yeah, and then he uh, gets a bunch of birds, and then he talks to John Wick, and you're like, are you the same guys? Because it feels like yeah. I mean that would be it feels like you guys are fans of a movie that we've all seen. Well, it, it, what what you do then with the next John Wick movie? Is you uh, because you know whatever the way this that last movie ended, not going to say uh, you the uh, wake up and it's like that was a thing of the Matrix. Mm. Just I wanted to keep you guys busy, and so you know, <laughs> ran you through that scenario. And it's like yeah, of course that's why it's uh, those guys. Mm. That would make sense, I guess. Yeah, and then Ian McShane turns into Trinity, and you go, oh, you were Trinity the whole time. <laughs> yes, uh, I. I just well, it's obviously hard for films because you know the nature of movie making is no one plans unless you're making Lord of the Rings. No one plans a trilogy. You know, you work really hard to get one movie made. Yeah, and you make that movie as good as you can, as good good as it possibly can be, and you hope that you know it's popular. And and then suddenly it is super popular, and now everyone's like, well, what's going to happen next? And now you're like, oh, and <laughs> really can yeah. There's a real that. difference between story and series. Yeah, yeah. And because, yeah, because you have to... What does Snow White I, do next? No, she just got married and that was the end of the story. Mm. And then what happens? What <laughs> yeah. happens to the dwarves? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They, they're they still friends right. with her, I guess. They, they start a corporation and one of them becomes evil and starts to yeah. push the other ones out and becomes a ecological disaster. And, and the other the other dwarves have to stop him, but they still right. love him. So they have to save him from... Yeah, himself. and they keep stealing uh, Doc's uh, <laughs> drugs. Uh, is it Doc to, who does this? Oh my god! Well, you got to have performance enhancing things, and Doc <laughs> ethically can't give them that. And then you find out that's why Sleepy is so sleepy. Mm. 
this thing into, turn, turn into a place I didn't want it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, drug addicted dwarves. Okay. But yeah, you're right. You have a completed storyline and yeah. then it's like, turn it into a trilogy. Oh Ooh. boy. Okay. Well, I, I mean, and it makes sense what the Wachowskis did, which is then turn the story to other characters. Yeah. But as you say, then I don't care about the other characters as much. Yeah. I care about the main character, but mm-hmm. then you really have to mess up the main character's story that you liked yeah. to make a second film and then a third damn film. Yeah. We, what do you do? And it's just, you it's know, a good, it's a good challenge. And the problem is like, no one wants to go back to what, whatever it's called. They're the, the real world place that everyone dances in. Mm-hmm. But you go there and it's not even fun there. Like everyone's, it's just politics and people like, you know, talking to them in very serious ways and they're all mad at each other. A lot and... of uh, philosophy 101 <laughs> class stuff. <laughs> well, that's say. later with the architect and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. Yeah. It does, it does, it's not, there's no payoff there for. Yeah. For... Does anyone, does anyone actually like live in the moment and not philosophize about yeah. the, the meaning of existence? Like, I feel, personally, I think that, like, the new Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, because they knew it was going to, they knew it was a part two, like, a part one and part two, at least it was planned that way. Now, apparently, the it's been pushed a year year back, so it's coming out, not in 2024, but in 2025. Okay. And Paramount has decided that it's not going to be part two. So it's just going to be Dead Reckoning for the first one. And then the second one's going to have a different name now, I guess. Okay. I, it seems crazy to me because you've already introduced the idea that it's a part one to a story. And the, the, the movie itself follows that, that plot as well. It ends... I do think that it completes the arc of Grace's character, of the uh, Haley Atwell character. Um, but then you still leave like the kind of main storyline line hanging. So you do get like an arc to the story and then also a, a kind of a, a cliffhanger, you know, with Tom Cruise's character disappearing mm-hmm. with the key and what's next, et cetera. Um, but yeah, most, like most films that do follow that, you know, they just, you know the, the arc is within the movie and then that's the end of it. There's no like continuing sense of what comes next, you know. Even Star Wars where there is a sense of what comes next. Like what comes next? You, okay, you've blown up the Death Star. There's still an empire out there. You have destroyed like a major weapon that they created, but you haven't conquered like the empire itself. Like that's that's a hard thing to do, you know. And I mean, the reality is, is uh, you know, even in three films, could they realistically do that? You know, mm-hmm. besides the fact that they killed the emperor in the, in the, in the third. Yeah, one. it's also that weird. Kind of takes care of the empire, I guess. Yeah, it's also weird too. Like if you're, you know, if there's an invasion of Europe. Where do you run to if you're, you know, a country? Yeah. Uh, but like, if there's a, you know, if if an empire has taken over space, mm. uh, seems like there's a lot of space. There's a lot of space. You, you could probably get away from them yeah. and go somewhere else. And there seems to be a lot of uh, inhabitable planets, mm-hmm. and then those planets are pretty big. Yeah. Like I don't know how you police that shit. Like how That's do you, true. you know, just go somewhere and live somewhere? I remember one time playing a space-based role-playing game, and there was. And I said, and I just said, oh, I'm going to ram this guy's ship. It was like a, a desperate, and someone said, oh, you can't do that in the game. There's no ramming of a ship because space is too big. So it's too easy to, to, to evade that kind of maneuver. So there's just, you know, so it's not even like a possibility of it happening in the mm. game. So like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll do something different. <laughs> yeah. You go like, uh, you know, in the first Star Wars, you, you got uh, Uncle uh, Owen and Aunt Baru, I think. Yep, that's right. Uh, and, you know, they're working the moisture farm. And it looks terrible. And, you know, the the best place in town 
is called by Obi-Wan the worst place, you know, the greatest yes. hive of scum and villainy. Yes. And we didn't He's even, pretty judgy, though. He's very judgy, and I, we haven't even gotten into Jabba's places, like, not, not also everyone, on that world. It's possible not everyone feels that way. About, okay, yeah. And but, we, let's just go with the first movie. Like, we don't know... Well, we do know Jabba's around, because uh, Han uh, owes money. Well, this makes no fucking sense, now that I'm thinking about it. What? You got, like, okay, Han Solo owes, like, all this money to Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, why are you why why are you on Tatooine when Jabba's palace is right over there? You knob, what's wrong with you? Like, be yeah. on any other planet yeah. is would be fine, mm. but he's down the block, man. Yeah, what's wrong with you? That's just b- bananas, y- you moron. Anyway, uh, but uh, Baru and uh, and Owen, yeah, uh, they're they're running their little business there, and they're a moisture sure. farm and what yeah. have you. And they're like, why don't you live on another planet? Why don't you live on another planet that's not this? Well, And I know we have a reason later on yeah. that they're like hiding the kid. But also, moisture farm? Why the fuck do we need this? There's worlds of water that are out there. And I know... Wait, that, that's probably pretty expensive to be sh- shipping water around. So I guess you're, you're so. Just, you're just scraping along. I mean, the thing is, is like, Move you could say that about anywhere, anyone anywhere that's like, you know, not nice to live in. Like, yeah. get out of there. But, you know, life, life circumstances aren't always, you know... Cost money to yeah, live, to it's leave like your only skill, water farming. Mm-hmm. Is that all you know how to so do? They've, they've, all they've ever done. I guess his father was a moisture farmer. His father's father was a moisture farmer. Farmer, you know. His mother's mother was also a moisture farmer. Yeah, they're all moisture farmers. And all there. these people seem to be flying in from like you know. It seems just too easy to fly to the world that's all water. <laughs> what what's the world that's all water? Um, they got like those worlds, like uh, you know, when um, in the in the in the whatever the previews not previews prequels prequels okay uh yeah uh, like um uh uh, amadala and uh and anakin they go to a world that's like all water all right yeah oh and uh the one that they uh you know uh, misa sorry that misa have this offensive accent (laughs) gungans the gungan world that's like mostly water they're all swimming around they're doing stuff that's an ocean isn't that where amadala is from is, is is she from there? She's from the same place as Jar Jar Binks, Oh, well, right? there you go. She's from a water freaking world. Partly water. Yeah, yeah. Because they live water. on land. Okay, and there's this mostly water world is like other worlds. There's lots of water out there. Most, mostly water world is the Kevin Costner sequel to yeah. uh, Water World. By the way, that yeah. world uh, that the Jedi live on that's all technology and doesn't look like it's got any woods at all on it, uh, where are they getting water from? Which, just, which is that? Sorry, where are we That's the about? one where like the Jedi Council is. And it's like all city. Oh, on the like, Senate, the, the Senate planet. Or uh, is, I don't yeah. even know it's a Senate planet. But yeah, it's like you don't see a damn tree on like any yeah. of that. It looks like it's all city, all yeah. city. And it's like, where, where are you getting your water from? Sure. What's going on? See, that's a good, that's a, that's a good like uh, example of like of uh, the problem when a religion becomes, becomes too close, closely entwined in politics. Are you talking in the reality of Star Wars yeah. or Star Wars? I'm talking about the reality of Star Wars. Okay, because Star Wars also has become a religion to a degree. Okay. I mean, people are fond of it, overly fond of it. I guess I don't know if it quite qualifies yet as a uh, bona fide religion. But I think uh, uh, I think Jedi does count as a religion to to some degree. Like, there's some places you can count it as a religion. Is that right? Yeah, but I, I would say yeah. like your love of uh, Star Wars yeah. could definitely be. It's it's got similarities. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got cultish qualities. Uh, it's more mainstream than most cults, but it's got cultish qualities to it. You can't say anything uh, negative about certain things, <laughs> well, you know. And yeah. you know, if you ran down the list, yeah, 
it's pretty clear what uh, I, don't, I don't know if it count, quite counts as a cult. It's pretty clear what uh, its belief system is. I mean, this is the thing with uh, when, whenever there's a new Marvel thing that's out. You know, you get this huge objection to it from a group of people, and it just really, really smells cultish. It's just you know, mm. you can't change you know what we know, and adding this and adding that, and yeah. you made this character. Uh, you know, female. You made this character this and that. And it's like, yeah, it just feels that that vibe. Yeah. Hmm. Um. I I don't know what else to say about it. We we talk about Star Wars every once in a while, so yeah, you got to. We've we've run out. I've run out of Star Wars. That's fine. I've also run out of Matrix. Back to uh, Avatar. <laughs> Your favorite film. <laughs> Why is it so at, popular? Uh, Empire's uh, thirty-three greatest movie trilogies. I wonder if they put that in because it was like two threes. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why. That's a good idea. Do a quick burn through. Okay. Jersey Trilogy. That's the Kevin Smith movies. Okay, so that all Clerks movies? W are all Clerks. You could also throw in a Chasing Amy or a Mallrats. Okay, so if you did Clerks, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy. Sure, you can go that as a trilogy. I've never seen Mallrats, so I can't comment on it. That's more the kind of uh, booby comedy. Uh, it's a booby sl- comedy. Uh, there's there's booby comedy moments. Okay. There's, there's moments of uh, toplessness that are uh, mm. there. You know, for that value. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, there you go. The first one, charming. Second one, people like it as that kind of movie. Sure. Uh, third one, appreciated the swing it uh, it took and it tried. I don't necessarily think the dialogue uh, holds up now, but that's, I think, because mm. we're in a different place now. They're a different place. I didn't like it at the time, but uh, that's just me. Okay. Um, the Hannibal Lecter trilogy. Which is your Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Red Dragon? Well, I, I, well, yeah, I like Manhunter. Okay, you can't the, you the can Michael Mann, sure. Michael Mann film, and then I, I, I like, uh, I like Silence of the Lambs. The other films, I think, are they're just too fan fanboy. Very good, Ingmar Bergman trilogy. We've got, mm, okay. and I have not seen any of these, okay. so this is me. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, Through a, a Glass Darkly, Winter okay. Light, and The Silence. Gosh, I haven't seen. I've seen quite a few Ingmar Bergman films, yet I have not seen any of those. All right, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Two, Mission Impossible Three. I mean, Mission Impossible. Okay. The first one was yeah. better than it had to be. Uh, surprising with all the uh, deaths. I prefer the second trilogy. For, okay, four, yeah. five, and six from from Ghost Ghost Protocol to to follow. Yeah, much like, um, and we'll probably get to this. Fast and the Furious. It just got more fun as as you went along. Uh, trilogy I think of, this technology allowed them to do more, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, think I think they didn't have to prove, well, I don't want to say they have to prove themselves as much. They didn't have to prove that the formula worked so mm-hmm. that they could like concentrate on the stunts and make yeah. those more fun and more outrageous and yeah. less. We got to establish the world. <laughs> they get it. You, you set up, there's a mission, there's a crazy person, they're yeah. going to take over the world. And so it's an excuse for Tom Cruise to almost die. And jump off buildings and do things and ride motorcycles backwards and uh, and there we go and we're gonna have a lot of fun making that happen. Yeah, yeah. I think of the first three films, although I really like the performance by him. I can't remember his name. Tom Cruise. Uh, no, uh, the villain in the third film. Oh uh, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Thank you. Uh, I actually my favorite of those is the first film. I think that's the one that has the most fun with the with what was Mission Impossible sure. of that time and you know 
it's just well made and it has the most iconic scenes in it the scene of lowering down into the into the the room yeah and the tra- the train sequence i think are just two really great i liked i liked the second one at the time less so now mm-hmm. uh i like the you know the rock climbing off the top is yeah, that's very fun. exciting that's fun a uh, motorcycle fight which makes no sense <laughs> so silly. um you know i like the villain who's the guy who was going to play wolverine but he was doing that so he didn't yeah and then uh you know uh a better, a better, Jackman a better actor did the through. role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it all worked out great. But the third one I found <laughs> too mean at the time. Like the the mm. opening was so dark. Yeah, uh, that it was like ah, that kind of put me off it. Mm. And I really liked the opening of it. With you talking about Felicity. Um, yeah, the character dying. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was like Ugh, it's yeah. so. Yeah, it's it, well. I mean, it is of course terrible, but that, I think that's it what makes it, it effective. Up, yeah. And and the way they did her death is so great with the eyes. Yeah, slightly going going off, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, that's. Because it, you know, like it just really makes everything that Hoffman's character does after does after that so 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 horrible. It just seems like such an evil person. Yeah, and it ups really, the, it definitely ups the stakes. But I, I agree with you. I think all those films, including one which I, I do like a lot, is they'll have weaknesses in them, like in terms of story. That it seems like the the next films they understand how to tell the story better. You and know? we were out of the blue screen yeah. uh, then too, which is good. Where the first one is has some good stunts, but it's very blue screeny mm-hmm. stunts that you mm-hmm. can, especially now with like better screens, you can go mm, that helicopter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, living, well, a lot of it's actually happening too. Uh, living Dead, uh, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Well, I've, funny, we were talking to Nina, and she said Day of the Dead was her favorite film just because it's more about the politics of the mm. post post zombie world, which is interesting. I personally found it kind of dull. But I do think it makes. I do think it is a good like arc in terms of it makes sense. I don't know if it's an entirely su- successful film. I almost feel like they're making it up as they go. Hmm. But uh, but it, they all kind of feel that way anyway. <laughs> yeah, I like the, probably Dawn of the Dead's my my favorite. Yeah, I think Dawn of the Dead is the uh, best one. Mariachi trilogy. That's your El Mariachi, Desperado, mm-hmm. and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. So the, did did the, did he stutter? So that's like the first first film is <laughs> telling the same story twice. So. Yeah, but with so. a much bigger budget. For yeah, the yeah, time yeah. Around. So I don't know. I don't... It's like three years later that he did Desperado. Wow, I thought there was more time between those. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say I don't even consider that a trilogy because I feel like a remake of a remake of one film doesn't even make a trilogy. So you don't think it's a trilogy for? Because it's uh, not the same actor as well. It's not Antonio Banderas in 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 three films. Do you think? Yeah, it's it's got a real. Uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, um, uh, kind of vibe to it, and then Army of Darkness is a completely different. Yeah, movie. yeah. Uh, okay, I still uh, would rank that as a great trilogy, though. This is the mo- <clears throat> the Millennium trilogy, which is Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Girl who played with a Hornet's Nest, played with fire, played, played with fire, sorry, and Girl, and the girl who kicked a Hornet's Nest, kicked a Hornet's Nest. Okay, I think the I've girl only who seen got a boob job. First one. I've seen all three of the Swedish ones. Um, but I would say that it's a real a case of like first one really good, yeah, and then diminishing returns, such diminishing returns that you'll actually get a broken neck. How quickly you have to drop your expectations? Oh, for the okay. Well, film. speaking of that, Blade, <laughs> Blade, Blade Two, Blade Trinity, Blade starts fine, fine. really good, yeah, really good nightclub scene, mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes okay, yeah, goes okay. Uh, it just you, suffers from its time. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a clunky movie time. Right. And it kind of suffers from that, you know, kind of clunky stunts and it's okay. Yeah. Who knew it was going to be, if you'd known your movie was going to be good, you would have made your movie better. <laughs> but, you know, by far, like the most successful Marvel movie 
up until 1998, I yeah. would say for yeah. sure. Yeah. Then you got your Blade Two, which you're like, wow, there's some amazing visuals and that yeah, great character it's, stuff. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, real fun. And it has, yeah, it has like a sense of it gives you a better sense of like the social structure of the vampire world. Where the first film, yeah, just feels very. You just don't really understand what's going on. Yeah, Del Toro uh, uh, in the second one, yeah, really does establish a real strong world. He can mm-hmm. he can give you a great surreal world, you know, in in his movies that you're like, this is tangible. Yeah, like, and you it, can smell this. Yeah, all his films are like that, right? Even something yeah. like like Mimic or or um, Chronos, like his yeah. early films, they all feel very much like yeah, the oh, this story, is this like, is real. Yeah, this is yeah, a real place. Real, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, he does it in a very economical way as well. If I opened the drawers, there would be something uh, relevant <laughs> inside these drawers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you got your third film with a weird Dracula. Uh, and it feels like Blade just leaves for a big chunk of time. <laughs> he's Ryan Reynolds he's hiding goes, in his trailer. hey, we're going to do this movie? Okay, I'll do the movie. And shows up. And yeah, it's being yeah. proto-Ryan Reynolds that we'd see later on. In yeah, the yeah. Smart, the smart aleck. Okay, well, this one's the most important one. I don't even know why it's not number one. Okay. Uh, the Mighty Ducks trilogy. <laughs> well, That's Mighty Ducks. I've not seen any of them. D2 and yeah. D3. D3, okay. Okay, there we go. Uh, Austin Powers trilogy. Mm. International Man of Mystery, Spy Who Shagged Me, Gold Member. Fine. Me, I'm gotta admit, they're I've never films. been a big fan of those movies. They're a, they're a, a fun time at the theater. Yeah, you're having a nice time. Everyone's having a nice time. Yeah, and then you know, by Gold Member, you've got Tom Cruise in the opening and <laughs> Steven Spielberg, and it's like we all we all get it, right? Everything yeah. fine? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. It's all fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. all fine. It's like it's candy floss. Mm. Nom 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 nom. You're the good. first one has the scene of the, the person doing the five point turn in, with the golf cart in the hallway. Yes. That's the best part of the movie. That's pretty good. Uh, Mad Max. So Mad Max, Mad Max mm. 2, Road Warrior, and uh, Beyond Thunderdome. <sighs> I haven't seen... I've got to watch Beyond the Thunderdome again because I saw it once. I saw it in the theater. I saw it after I saw Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which was shown as a preview before the movie, before Mad Max. And it really outshone Mad Max by quite a quite oh, a yeah. distance for me. For me. Uh, and so I, I've always had a... like. And the first Mad Max, is it's okay. It's fine. You know, it's it's okay. The second one is brilliant. Like it's just mm-hmm. beyond great. And then the third one I just was a bit of a bit of a flat pancake for me. It's it's similar to me to uh the third Indiana Jones movie mm. where it just feels like ah, this is in a studio. Like it just feels <laughs> yeah, it's not gritty, it's yeah, not there, yeah. you're not in the desert. I mean the 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 horrible thing is like um Miller's friend and production partner had died during location scouting for oh, for Mad Max Man the Thunderdome. So he was going through this big, you know, thing of grief. Like I was talking about this with someone else. Like uh, George Miller was a doctor. Like he trained yeah. as a doctor and was was a trained doctor. And he and his friend, I think his name was Burt Kennedy. There's never a time, by the way, that you hear a George Miller story and don't go, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. They, so uh, they were like after hours paramedics. So they would just drive to emergencies and stuff like that and treat people for money and so they would get paid yeah and that's how they raised money for the first first mad max movie and then you know that was popular enough that they were able to get able to get funding for their their uh next film but the interesting other interesting thing about miller is that the witches of eastwick is the only film he made that was a studio movie that he was hired by a studio and brought in to make a movie every other film he is the he produces it and so he raises the money for that film and uh, even mad max fury road is a is you know it's not self financed but it's produced by him. How about uh, Furiosa? He once again, yep. Okay. He will not work after uh, he dealt with um, he dealt with John Peters. 
Did you see Licorice Pizza? No, not yet. Bradley Cooper. If you have seen Licorice Pizza, Bradley Cooper in that movie does a spot-on impersonation of John Peters, the Hollywood producer who came to fame because he was Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. And during, I, I think I've told this story on the show before, but I'll tell it again because I just love this story. Please. During the making of The Witches of Eastwick, because George Miller came out of, out of you know, do-it-yourself movie making. And so he had an eye on the budget. And so he had a director's trailer. And he wasn't using it because there are other, he was busy and he just, you know, and he had, he just didn't want to use it. So he just said to John Peters, Hey, I don't need this trailer. Like you can t- return it and just save some money on the production. And John Peters didn't go, Oh, thanks for saving us some money. He, he thought, This guy's a sucker. He's, he's an easy mark. This guy has no backbone. So then he showed up on the set with a, with an actor dressed as an alien on the Witches of Eastwick. And he said, I want you to put this alien in the movie because aliens okay, are popular yeah. now. So I want you to put this alien in the movie. And Miller's like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that, you know. And he's, he, and he's like, I, you know, I, and he's kind of behind, you know. He didn't really want to quit because this was his first studio movie, you know, Hollywood and everything. Uh, but he's kind of put in a hard place. But luckily, George Nicholson, no, sorry, Jack Nicholson was there, and he said, if you put this alien in the movie, John, I'm going to quit. <laughs> and so John Peters backed down. Uh, but yeah, it's just a crazy story. Don't show weakness to John Peters. That's that's very good. That's the, yeah. I'm going to do uh, one more from the bottom, then I'm going to go to the top because okay. we got a lot of these. Uh, I'm enjoying know. this. Oh, okay, very good. Then I'll do a couple more. Uh, Terminator, Terminator Two, Terminator Three. Uh, it's Judgment Day and Rise of the Machines. Rise of the Machines? No, no. Yeah. Is that the, is that the third one with, with yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, that's I the one that was with one. Claire Danes uh, and uh, you know he's carrying a coffin on his shoulder. At one point, and oh, that's really? the one where they reverse. Each one of them reverses the yeah, uh, ending yeah. of the previous one. So the first one is kind of almost a slasher movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with a sci-fi element. Sure. So the second one, uh, you know, gives you a nice positive ending, mm-hmm. and then the third one goes, "There's nothing you can do. <laughs> it's time. It's uh, what's going to happen. Time it's going to happen. Yeah, Oopsie yeah. doodle. And it's that. So I did I, not care for the third one for that, even though mm, there's smoky action scenes. I, I really like. I really like. I wouldn't say I really like it, but I did. I did enjoy the third one. I thought, and I did like the action scenes quite a lot in that in that version. But I can see that it's frustrating. Uh, <laughs> it keeps it keeps reversing. But once you bring time travel into something, you all bets are off. You can just go everywhere. You I forgot about the the coffin part. That makes me think. Like, was that a was that a an homage to to um, I can't remember his name now. Sergio, I can't think of his name. No, not Sergio Leone. There's another. Mm. There's another. Um, uh, another uh, spaghetti western director and there's a film called called Django and he comes to town dragging a coffin oh okay and it turns out it has a gatling gun in it but that we don't know why he's dragging around for for about two-thirds of the film it, it just, yeah it just felt like you know the, most of the terminator movies are hey remember that that last one we saw forget <laughs> yeah. that and I'm yeah. like, oh for fuck's sake <laughs> this is the problem with time travel mm-hmm. is like you know you can always go beforehand and like erase that mm-hmm. and and but i, I mean, did like the, the last second. one where schwarzenegger was like a terminator who's like living a normal life and yeah he's just like in a cabin yeah, yeah. hanging out it's like there's something to that and the tv show was okay too yeah uh but i don't know yeah. i just I, I thought the one before that i didn't enjoy as much um but I just it just seemed kind of silly. But I thought that I thought that one with Schwarzenegger, you know, playing mm-hmm. playing like this Terminator, just kind of learned to adapt and just yeah. sort of live in the world. You know, just don't don't cut yourself or don't don't get in a car accident or people are really going to wonder. But yeah, so yeah, you have to live this kind of careful life. And I just I, I thought that was kind of fun. So Great. I don't know. It's one of those things that it's one of those um, franchises that uh, you know delivers and doesn't deliver. Well, I mean, the first two. 
it's your alien oh, so aliens. Yeah, situation. if you just call it a duology, just, it would just, be just, yeah, it's unbeatable. And, but but the first two are such different styles mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but yeah. the second one but, is one by of the, the same best director, which just is crazy. Action movies. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, the, you know, when you're looking at that, that's your George Miller as well. As like you know, George Miller is is did it with Babe and Babe Pig in the City. It's like <laughs> two more different movies you can't find. Yeah. But they're both about a talking pig. Yeah. And and when, they're both directed by the same person. Uh, he didn't direct P- Babe. He only did he? Wrote, he only wrote it. Well, my mistake then. <laughs> but he did he did produce and write it. But yeah, he, uh, he didn't direct X Men, X Men Two, X Men Last Stand. X-Men, Once again, good falling enough. falling at the gate. Wow. Yeah. X Men Last Stand. Boo. Boo. Yeah. Really mishandled the Phoenix situation and it just kind of rushed through all that stuff in a way that like I felt like that's your that's your climax I know you're not a fan of the Phoenix storyline but you know as a as a as an X-Men storyline it is pretty iconic and that seemed to me like that's that's your movie there what what's all this extra stuff happening what's this Golden Gate Bridge and all the rest of it It just felt like uh, it just got too big for its own britches Movies like that sometimes work better if they kind of go smaller, mm-hmm. you know, and that movie just got way too big. Yeah. Uh, Vengeance Trilogy. So that is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old okay. Boy, and Lady Vengeance, of which I've seen none of those three. I've seen all of those movies, and okay. I'm, I'm going to go against the green, and I'm going to say that Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is a very hard movie to watch and enjoy. It does involve a death of, of an infant or child, which is a really awful and it is kind of the point of the film, but ugh, you know, uh, old boy, I, I don't, I just find it horrible. Like I just don't even like it. The whole thing is awful to me because it's just, it's so. For one thing, it's so, it's so ludicrous, you know. But even at that, I, even if you like, just put aside how how preposterous it is. It's once again, it's just, it's just like it's a self punishment. Lady Vengeance, though, is actually kind of like it's. I want to say entertaining. They're all very painful movies to watch. To be honest with you, they all they all require you know, a great deal of of steely nerves to get to get through all those films. It's a it, he's a very good filmmaker, but he has a perverse sense you. of humor. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, Spider Man, Spider Man Two, Spider Man Three. Once again, a bunch of Raimi falls falls to the last the last hurdle, and you know, but the first two are great. I think Spider Man yeah. One and Spider Man Two are great. Spider Man Two is boy, it's so good. Yeah, so 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 good. It's the movie. It's the it's the superhero template, really. And there's still there's a there are good elements of Spider-Man three, but boy, there's a lot of other stuff. That's... Well, just a case of too big. Yep. Like a movie, sometimes, like I said, it needs to get smaller. Sometimes you can't if you keep keep getting bigger. Like what what are you doing? Like where can you go with that? Right. Speaking of which, mm. Die Hard, Die Hard two, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard is great. I really like Die Hard two. Die Hard's too. pretty close to perfect. It's pretty. Pretty close to perfect film, and I think I don't think Die Hard Two is a perfect film, but I think it's a lot of fun, and I do think yeah, it's, it's a great just a setting, good quality action. Movie. Yeah, it's a really really well made action film, and it, and it still keeps a lot of the elements of the first film in place. It has yeah, William Atherton, like the same characters, has yes. William Atherton as the creepy journalist. It has Bonnie Bedelia being strong. It has you know it has a uh, um, you know John. McLean flying up in the air towards the camera on With strapped, the ejector strapped seat. to a seat. And this is great. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, once again, it's preposterous, but it's a lot of fun. It's interesting. He's, uh, is that William? A- a- William Atherton, yeah. Okay. So, like, his villain characters, yeah. you know, in the 80s were a uh, guy who works for the EPA, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> journalist, yeah. and then um, a college dean. Mm. Uh, you know, so it's like, 
Okay. Those yeah. are interesting. Interesting characters. Interesting choices that those are your villains. Mm. Is, you know, someone who's in the education system and yeah. uh, and uh, <laughs> journalist who's trying to get the truth out there. And, and they're all, you're all just in the way of people trying to, you know, run their businesses and, yeah. and the cops who are trying to get their job done. And it's like, <laughs> there's a lot of real right wing messages in, uh, in, in, you know, who, who you choose for your villain. Yeah. And yeah. in that case, it's like, it is. If this r- damn liberal would just get the <laughs> fuck out of the way, us libertarians can do what we, we want to do. We wouldn't have a marshmallow man in the goddamn city <laughs> and he deserves to be drowned in a whole bunch of hot marshmallow. <laughs> It is rather odd, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, however, I do think... That would kill you, by I mean, the way. <laughs> I mean, the point about the character in uh, Die Hard, though, is that he, he kind of doxes the family. Mm-hmm. You know, he reveals who they are, so then the, then the villains know, sure. know John's weakness. If, if he hadn't been a muckraking jerk and, and you know, done that. And, and he gets a bop in the snoot. And also, also uh, threatens a, a, a migrant worker. Yeah, th- I mean, the th- and the third film... It's again. It's diminishing returns. It's fine. Uh, uh, Samuel Jackson is fine. I don't think Jeremy Irons there's, is very good in they're it. They're solving. So, yeah, yeah. There's. You know. I'm mad at what you did to my brother. Yeah. Okay. Come on. What brother would care? Seriously, I have brothers. If they were trying to blow up a building and steal all the money from it, I'm not that concerned about getting vengeance for them. Mm-hmm. I have no sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Ah, very nice. Pirates of the Caribbean. One, two, three. Curse of the Black Pearl, Dead Man's Chest, At World's End. I've only seen the first two. Does the third one have Pen- Penelope Cruz in it? Ooh, good question. You haven't seen it either? I have seen okay. it, but I don't know. It all blurs together. Like, I know okay. like one has a Kraken and one has him getting out of the Kraken. The Kraken is the second one, I believe. Or maybe yeah. not. Maybe that's the third one. When does Davy know, Jones show I, up? We've discussed this where like I went to the bathroom and came back yeah, and yeah. the movie was over because yeah. I assumed, well, it's not going to end now. That's my and that's then me was like, too. whoops, credits... <laughs> That's the same thing. I was walking to the bathroom with Mary this morning. We were, she was, you know, younger, and we'd gone to see the, at the drive-in, and we were walking to the, towards the bathroom. And I'm sort of looking at the movie over my shoulder, just thinking, "Well, this is just a, you know, a, a what do they call those scenes? Were they ex? Yeah, yeah, ex- oh, exploit the audience. No, uh, explain things. Let's just yeah, that. explain things. <laughs> Let's just call that Ex- exposition, exposition, exposition scene. So I was just like, oh, this is just an exposition scene. We can we can go to the bathroom and the movie's over. What? Um, yeah, the first one I think is really really well done. Uh, and I, I'm just gonna say this: Gore Verbinski gives you your money's worth when you go see a movie that he mm-hmm. does. Like he he doesn't like if you hear like a you say oh uh, the Lone Ranger cost two hundred million dollars and you're like well that's a lot of money. Then you watch the movie and you're like oh I can see why <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they did the craziest train stunts you've ever seen in a movie and and it's not all CGI. It's a train. You know it's a lot of money. Uh, so yeah it's. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't think I've seen the third one though. I felt like the, I think I felt kind of deflated by the end of the of the because that's the one that that um, the uh, Jeffrey is it Jeffrey Rush, the Australian actor is that his yeah. name? Yeah, he he shows up right at the end yeah. of the second one. Yeah, and then I think Davy Jones is in the third one with with the that's, that's a crack right. in. Oh uh, yeah, Jesus. So Christ. maybe Penelope Cruz is in the fourth one. Is there a fourth one? I have no idea where no they are. No one knows. There I might be know. a fifth one. I think there's a fifth one. There's a fifth one, but not with not with uh, Johnny Depp. Or, you know what? Or the any less the we other. know, the better. Yeah. We're going to walk away from this one and just go to Alien, <laughs> Aliens, Alien 3. Oh, Alien. Man. Great. Great. Uh, Ali- my, Aliens, my favorite version of it. Surprisingly great. Wow. It's a good movie. Uh, we didn't expect I like it a lot. Yeah. Good action film. Goes good places. Good characters. Has a lot good of fun characters. with it. Good yeah. characters. Alien 3. <laughs> 
it's a movie. It ends yeah. in a way you don't want it to. Yeah. It starts in a way you don't want it to. Mm-hmm. And in the middle, there's some scenes you don't want. But it's well acted. Yeah. But uh, because claustrophobic. Of my, and There's a few things that happen with that film for me. One is that I, it was one of the first times that I've ever been privy to the making of a movie. Like before the movie came out, I read a really long article about it in Fangoria, and it discussed in great detail all the iterations of the screenplay and all the various people had been brought in for it. So, you know, first it was like a William Gibson script, and his version was, I can't remember exactly what his version was, but it, he introduced the, the, uh, the, the, the UPC codes on the people. Okay. They, they do keep that in, in, the, in the, sure. the David Fincher version. Uh, and then, so I guess he wrote kind of like a, a whatever they call his steampunk no that's not what it was cyberpunk cyberpunk yeah his cyberpunk version of of it apparently the script is still floating around and people who've read it say it's a a great script but for whatever reason it was it was over over overturned for whatever reason and then they the they moved on and then they there was a director who put this movie out it's kind of a medieval film i think it was called the navigator or something like that something of the navigator and not flight of the navigator no, isn't that is that Flight of the Navigator? That's a very different movie. I think. Is that one where the plane crashes in the in no? The that's one. That's a space. It's, it's a sci-fi one. It's a space one. Yeah. Okay, but is it like in a medieval world in space? No, I don't okay. think so. No. So this guy came in and and his idea was to have a planet made of wood, mm. and it was inhabited by monks. And so alien comes there, and now they can't use fire to fight the alien. And so then the studio read the script and said, way too much money to make a movie with a planet made of wood. So forget that idea. Wood's very expensive, I guess. So then that, that, was, that was rewritten. So they took out the monk thing and they turned the monks into convicts. They turned it into a prison planet okay. instead of a wooden religious planet. Yeah, no wood world. Uh, but there are there are the religious elements in, in, in Alien 3 where the characters have like, their, like, the, like the, the black guy with the glasses. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, mm-hmm. Charles something. He, um, there's like, you know, he has like a religious beliefs and stuff like that. So that, so there are, there are some elements that were kept through the various versions, but by, by the time you, so you're reading this and you're like, oh, this sounds really great. Like, what's this movie going to be like? And so, so we went and saw it together, mm-hmm. you know? And so then you're in the theater and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. It's Alien 3. Can't Here wait. Here we go. Buckle Here up. Here we go, man. What's going to happen next? The movie starts. Uh, we discover that Newt's dead. Yeah. Uh, the Michael Bean character's dead. And... And then, you know, so Sigourney Weaver is the only survivor of this of, of this crash or whatever's happened to the, I can't remember now. Were they killed by the alien and then it... Laid its eggs. Laid its eggs in her or yeah. whatever. And you're just like, oh, what? And then it's a movie and you can't tell who anyone is because they're all shaven-headed yeah. guys. And you're just like, oh, what's, what's going on? And uh, I guess it had the kind of neat thing with the aliens crawling. Yeah. That was kind of neat. I guess so. Yeah. But other than that, it just felt like a bit of a non-starter. And... Uh, and then also it's complicated. I have a really complicated relationship with David Fincher. He doesn't know me. I have never met him. Right. But I just find all his movies like very frustrating. <laughs> I can yeah. never quite absolutely enjoy a David Fincher film. Um, I do really like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. His, I think that's a really good film. Like I think it's a really good film. But all the rest of his movies, I've never seen The Social Network just because I had been bitten so many times by all his movies that I stopped seeing them. And then I did go see the, because Lisa wanted to go see The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So we went to see that. And then Mary wanted to see The Killer, so I did see that. But all his movies, I always there's elements I like about them. There's elements that I find kind of off-putting because I feel like he's kind of like my... He's like the modern sort of Stanley Kubrick or Ridley Scott where it just feels like all the movies are very technical but very cold at the same time and not very... And there's no real understanding of human behavior. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's my feeling with David Fincher. Fight me. All right. Uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Great, all the way to the end. 
Yeah, and, and each one's different. Very different styles. But all all of them are different. Like the first one is just like an out and out kind of like Terminator, out and out drive-in movie. You know, both those movies are like that. Like Terminator was basically made for Roger Corman, so it has to have boobs and it has to have a certain amount of violence, yeah. and it has to follow you know a particular uh, '80s template. You know, and then Cameron had enough money for the next film to kind of make a movie for himself. You know, and so you get a more Cameron-esque movie for right. for for Aliens too. Or for sorry for Terminator Two, but you know, and so the same with with the Evil Dead. You know, you get you get a very strict follow the template of of a dry horror, horror drive-in movie at that time. You know, you have to have you have to have a rape sequence with they really they didn't want to do they did it in a very clever way. I think considering they had to have it in order to get the funding to have their movie made, they did it in a, a way that's at least clever. It's not like an out and out. You know, just guy raping girl. It's like a, yeah. it's like an occult sort of thing, and so you know, it's awful. But you know, it works within the movie. You know, uh, but the second one is just absolute insanity. You know, it's just like a slapstick horror movie that you know briefly tells the beginning of the tells you the story of the first film and as quickly as it can, and then just and this partly because they didn't have the rights to the first film, mm-hmm. so they had to redo it all for the second film, and and so that just go from there. And uh, but it's great. It's so great. Yeah. And then the third one, I think, suffers from, from the usual thing. It suffers from lack of money, studio interference, and just uh, your own sense of, 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 you know, we saw Evil Dead 2. It's so great. This movie is going to be even greater. Oh, it's not? Oh, darn. But it's not bad. It's still fun. Yeah. I just think there's a, I think there's a really great cut out there if someone wanted to do it. Because I've seen three different versions of it. And all, yeah. all of them have good things. But they're always missing the best thing from the other versions in that in that when you watch. So you're watching, you're like, you watch one and has a really great sequence of the miniature ashes. And you're like, oh, that is such a perfect sequence. And then they leave out the good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. And you're like, mm-hmm. why would you drop that from the movie? Like you got this great, you edited together this perfect sequence with these little ashes. Why did you drop that line? It's stupid. You know, and all of them are like that where you just feel like, why are you missing this great part of this other, you know, other version? So... Uh, yeah, someone one day under my close close direction will make a make a proper edit of, of those films, and it'll yeah. be even better. Um, fistful of dollars for a few dollars more. Good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah, that's one that actually rises to to greatness. Yeah. The first one is okay. You know, it's, it's just a knockoff of Yojimbo, mm-hmm. which is a knockoff of that's weird Red Harvest. That they're only one year apart, each of them. Yeah, sixty four, sixty five, sixty six, and that they're so that they're so early as well. Like like to me. Uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly feels like a 69 movie. You know what I mean? Like it feels like it's from a later kind of more, uh, maybe it's just the Europeanness of it that makes it feel like that kind of more fin de siècle, you know, end of the 60s kind of feel to that movie. And it's 66 though, like right in the middle of, yeah, yeah. Right in the middle of the Summer of Love and all the rest of it. Or maybe that was 67, Summer 67 of Love. 67 was Summer of Love. But you know, like the kind of rise, the, the big pop art explosion and all that stuff that was happening at the time. Everyone was all optimistic. And, and I know that because I was born in the Summer of Love. There you go. What a but lovely summer. What it wasn't lo- quite summer when I was born. Almost. Almost, yes. About two weeks. June, yeah. You're yeah. Right. Um, yeah, what I love so much about The Good and the Bad and the Ugly is that it's just a movie about nothing. You know, there is a plot, but you damned if you can find it through most of the film. Like, the character's just wandering around. It's not until the very end of the film that it's finally, oh, yeah, there was money. I forgot about the money. <laughs> yeah, and, and just the location just, like, makes it so different. Oh, it's yeah. so vast. Mm-hmm. And just like just these people in the middle of nowhere, yeah, with these you know incredibly important problems to them and life and death. And uh, just the fact that throughout the film, the civil war is sort of winding through it, but they they're always kind of it's they're there, yeah, but they're not there in the civil war. They're just kind of 
it's just happening. It's my Star it's, Wars thing. It's just like you're away from it. It's a background. Like I understand they're having a Star Wars over there, but like you know, in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. What are you worried about? Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Well, I know you see that as a as a high, low, and then middle. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. One of my least favorite movies of all time, just because of the cruelty. Yeah. And then uh, dumbed it down. It felt like good action scenes, but like. Uh, character wise what yeah. and then um you know a charming uh, father son kind of thing but unfortunately felt like it was shot on a set yeah and didn't have that same groundedness that the mm. uh, first one did yeah like the first one was so grounded you know you're in this desert it looked not like it didn't look low budget by any means yeah but it looked like definitely you're there yeah so that when they did take it to the surreal element at the end it was especially jarring because you were not yeah you know, it's like, for if, that at it's all, like yeah. if Jaws turned into a ghost <laughs> in the very final scene, and then yeah. just became a giant. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. If Jaws, the Jaws, the Jaws shark just stood up and had legs and arms, and you're just like, well, what? Went, so! <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, uh, I'm. Le- I hate. Uh, I, I I don't hate Temple of Doom. Uh, um, I don't love it. I think it's fun. It's a fine movie. It's not. You know, it's not a patch on the first one. But none of them are a patch on the first one. And I agree with you. The third one just feels like it's just too comfortable of a film. And it also feels like it's a bit of a retread. Like what's, what, what, one thing I like about the second one is that they just go way off, they go way off template. You know, like, you know, they don't, they don't have, they don't go back to Nazis. They don't go back to, to, um, the, you know, they don't, you know, they just kind of, they just kind of go their own way. They have a new setting for yeah. it. And I've talked about this before. They're obviously were like huge fans of the 1930s Cary Grant film Gunga Din, which has, it's one of the, Great early action movies. I think it's directed by Howard Hawks, but I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, it's just action all the way. It's just like almost exhausting how action packed that movie is. Him, I think Douglas Fairbanks Jr. is in it, and I can't remember who, and Victor McLaughlin. I think that's the three actors. And it's just a rumbustuous punch movie. And of course, they get, they get raided by thuggy uh, warriors, uh, raid this British outpost in, in India. And it's just a, it's just a w- one long action, action sequence. Uh, it's one of the early movies where you're just like, wow, they, re- they really knew how to film action in the, those days. It's amazing. All the gymnastics and stuff people are doing. It's incredible. And Cary Grant was a gymnast, so he really brings his acrobatic. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He really brings that to, to the role. It's a really who's good film. That, who's starring in that new, um, uh, the TV oh, Cary Grant. Archie. Yeah, yeah. I just oh, it's uh, Jason Isaacs playing okay. playing, playing Cary Grant, the later version of Cary Grant. Okay. Anyway, I think it's a younger guy playing him when he's younger. Sure. And then he ages to 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 Looks Jason Isaacs. Yeah, yeah it does. Uh, Born trilogy, and I dare you to name the three Born trilogy movies. So the first one is that, and it's not the supremacy. That's the fourth. <laughs> the first one is the Born Identity. Got it. Second one is. Oh, wait, born, no, Supremacy is the second one. My born mistake. Ultimatum. Oh, sorry, Born Supremacy is the second one? Yeah. Then the Born Ultimatum. Yeah, you got it. There you go. Uh, I could not tell you besides I, the first movie. I think what? the first two are really good. The second one has the has the fight in the in the, the close quarter fight in, in the in the house kitchen? in Germany. Yeah, in the kitchen in Germany. Yeah, that's that's, that's really good. good. And then I like the ending, it's kind of a downer ending. So I do I do like that when he goes to Russia and then nothing it doesn't really work out. I think it's, I think that's great. But um I even was okay with the Renner one. Whatever that weird little side one. But that's a movie that ends when it's at the beginning. Mm. You know, they're sitting on the boat and he's got they got plans out and they're yeah. drawing lines and they're doing this and that. And you're all like, ooh, shit's going to hit the fan, man. This could be really great. And then the credits are rolling. Oh. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, and it was the, what, what is it ending it was now the credits for, for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Which <laughs> that was really the weird, weird part. Like, huh, yeah, yeah. Again. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
That'd be a fun thing to do for a movie sometime. Just put up the wrong credits. The credits for a completely different movie and see if anyone goes, what the hell's going on? I didn't like that they killed the girlfriend for the second. I mean, I understand. You just don't need, you know, they're just like, oh, what are we going to do with this thing? Can't drag her around and fight and have her fighting and she's in the background waving her hands and stuff like that. Make better choices. But it feels like, yeah, I mean, you could feel like he has to leave her to protect her. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's at risk because he's with her. Sure. No, So he has to go and solve whatever's putting them in peril. And then he can come back to her in the end of that. And then that's that's nice. That's how you do. Godfather. Godfather 2, Godfather 3. I've only seen 1 and 3. Wow, you missed, the you, missed the, you missed the peak. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first one's really great. Yeah. The second one, it has the fun of... Showing you the beginnings with Robert De Niro's character playing the the father character, playing you know the Marlon Brando character when he's young, which was shot for the first film, but they decided not to put it in because they're already like super long. Um, so that's really great. And then you have the mirror of that with Al Pacino's character, who you know is the 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 you know the the the, the tragedy of of this power, you know, that his father, in the sort of fun way, obtained, you know, and it is kind of. It is kind of I wouldn't say shouldn't say fun, but it's sort of exciting, and it, sure, you know, and you yeah, can see yeah. you can see like him, you know, building up this this empire, and you know, g- gathering friends and making enemies and all the rest of it, and then you know, then that pays off in that Godfather itself, and then and then you you know, but yeah, the third one, it has, just, has enough time passed that people are like cutting it slack. I feel like people are, but I feel like they're making excuses for them more than anything. Like, like I know that. I know Winona Ryder had to drop out of it because she was having personal problems. And so she had, she had to leave the project. And, but I feel like it was really self-indulgent of Coppola that rather than find an, and I, I don't know, he, I mean, sure there was a time limit, but, you know, he put a, his untested, untried daughter into this major role in, in a, in, in a, in a franchise closer, you know, like it's kind of a, it was a very odd choice. And she just wasn't, I don't know if your acting got better, but she just wasn't like very good in that movie. It's a real weak point in the film, and yeah, I just and then also uh, has she ever acted in her own movie? I don't believe so. Okay, I don't think she's in Virgin Suicides or anything. That's her first film, and that would be the most likely one she would act in. Right. I think she was happy, comfortable behind the camera, but oh, very much so. Yeah. I just I just remember her being in that film and then being in a Black Crows video. Other than that, I don't know. But um, uh, I was going to say, oh. The, and the production cheaped out, and it wouldn't pay Robert Duvall the same as as uh, El Pacino to return as Tom Hagen, the consigliere. And I think that the movie kind of misses that element of of that character, you know. And and it also would have been a, a through line back to the uh, the original film. So yeah, not great. Yeah, and I'm I'm just not a fan of mob stuff. <laughs> I'm a fan of those films in the sense that it's interesting, but. Yeah, I'm not a fan of mobsters, but I do enjoy, I do enjoy villains. Mm-hmm. And what I enjoy, I enjoy. I like watching villains, villains too. I, I think like there's just something again. This is my, this is my beef with like you know this the Sinatra type stuff. Yeah, is like uh, you know everyone seems to, and I say everyone. I'm being uh, too large there. Uh, but it's a, it's a rhetorical uh, everyone. Yeah, like there was a there was a thing uh, recently 
where someone dug up uh, an old Playboy interview with with Frank Sinatra talking about the church and talking about the hypocrisy of uh, people that are in the church who mm. say one thing and do the other. Yeah. And, you know, they, you know, they pretend to be good men and they but they do this, this, that and the other. And that's why he was like not pro church. Yeah. And it was just like, look who's talking, you know, <laughs> that, you, you, you yeah. know, you put this, you know, air yeah. of dignity on and, you know, then you're you're breaking Jackie Mason's face, you know, and it's just. Yeah, no, man. What that? What the fuck? But I don't know. He, he broke. He, he broke his uh, nose and his uh, cheekbone. Really? Yeah. Well, you told me the thing about the the shooting up the hotel room. I looked it up, and uh, it was it was basically Jackie Mason was regularly joking about Sinatra. Yeah. And I don't think uh, I told you this. I don't remember this. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I thought I thought you were the one who told me this. But anyway, so I looked it. I looked it up, and uh, yeah, um, and Sinatra said, you know, have a word with him. When have a word with him means, mm. <laughs> and so the first thing uh, they did was they shot through his hotel room door. Oh my god! So that was the first thing, yeah. and then he kept doing it because he wasn't going to get bullied by these guys. Yeah. They went over and they broke his nose and his uh, cheek. Wow! Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a couple articles that were written about that, and this yeah. is like pretty common shit for mm-hmm. Frank. You know, yeah. the the main you know joke uh, Don Rickles would make when Frank would enter is just like, "Hey, Frank, make yourself at home. Hit somebody." <laughs> But often he'd get someone else to do yeah, the hitting yeah, yeah, so that yeah. it would cover for that. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was that guy. But because he's part of this kind of you know, the the mob and the mob had this dignity and you know, it was like classy and they're all wearing ties and yeah, they're all yeah. doing this kind of stuff. And you know, and they're sitting in the front of the fanciest places, you know, it's like uh, yeah. Well it was it was cool. also it was slumming for Sinatra. Like he did not grow up in that yeah. environment. Dean Martin did grow up in, in a mob controlled town. He grew mm-hmm. up in Pittsburgh, I believe. And he had no time for the mob, and he, he and he always criticized Sinatra to his face. He always criticized Sinatra for being too for like like yeah, hanging around with them, yeah, being pally with them. He would hang them. around like with uh, just, like, with assassins, he would just like say, literal yeah, assassins. They're no good. They're no good people, you know. People to, who to, murdered to for a living, and he would yeah. be like having dinner with them publicly, yeah. and giving them kind of you know uh, the res- respect, like they're increasing their respect yeah. in society by being around them. Yeah, yeah. and for some reason. People are generally okay with him and don't give a shit about it. And like, there's other things where they'll go, you know, hey, Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, he was, you know, was going out with a 13 year old. Yeah, that's a fair point. And, you know, and how about all the Sinatra stuff? Oh, I love Sinatra. Yeah, but (laughs) is it because Jerry Lee Lewis is more who yuck? Yeah. You know, kind of that kind of guy. Yeah. And, you know, he's, uh, and Blue Eyes is the classy guy. He's there with the tie and the boom, bada bing. And it's like, Look, man, they—it's just oof, uh, bugs me. I mean, you could—I guess—I mean, it's the usual thing. Hit you me have, with the hypocrisy that I'm showing. No, now. no, no. I don't think hypocrisy. I was going to say you just—you know—you have to separate the artist from the from the person. Of course, you don't have to, but you know, that's like a thing that people do. Like you, you know. Well, my feeling with someone the... who changed singing, like changed the st- how people sing. You know, oh, cre- sure. created his, uh, his own genre, re- reinvented himself uh, several times. But you that's know. not. But, but that's not what people do when they when they uh, dismiss uh, an artist because of their personal life or yeah. being a sex pest yeah. or being any of these other things. Yeah. They don't go. Oh, but you know what? Joss Whedon's a really good. You know, like yeah, they don't do that. They, they you go yeah, but he's yeah, and it's like okay, yeah. but they don't do it there. My what I what I uh, said about it kind of a couple of days ago was uh, again I was looking up this Jackie Ma- a couple of the Jackie Mason things sure. Jackie Mason said that Frank was 
the Pope of, of Vegas. Mm. And, you know, everyone had to kiss the ring. Yeah. And it's like, well, of course then he would be anti-religion. Another Pope <laughs> would not want, you know, the other Popes in the exactly, way. Exactly, yeah. His ego is too, too yeah, big for that. Yeah, he's the religion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And to, and to yeah. a degree, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Um, let me just let me just say I I'm not a big fan of Frank Sinatra. So. Okay. As a person, or, are, as a person, or, or or you know, his music. I've watched a Frank Sinatra movie or two that I've enjoyed, but I don't get why <laughs> that guy seems to get the biggest pass. He does. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I don't think people. I guess. I guess because he's you know like you say he didn't do it. He separated himself. He he had minions who were doing the the mauling for him. Yeah. And so there's that slight remove. And so to people's minds are like, well, he didn't beat people up. He didn't. Yeah. It's a funny, um, it's, 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 uh, there's a good um, interview that Mark Marin uh, did at, um, I think it's a New York library uh, with Cliff Nesteroff last week. It's on YouTube. If you look okay. up Mark Marin and Cliff Nesteroff, you, you'll see it. Okay. Uh, and one of the things, uh, Frank Sinatra does kind of get brought up and Don Rickles gets brought up. Mm. And he was saying that, uh, Don Rickles um, r- w- didn't write anything about his own mob connections in his book, uh, but he wrote a lot of stuff about Frank. Okay. You know, because, you know, he didn't want to, you know, connect himself to that. Yeah. But at one point he was going to uh, spill the tea. Oh. And, uh, and he was going to do this talk with um, Cliff about yeah. you know the mob stuff yeah and so they had that whole thing planned and it was about to go on and yeah. uh, and then uh, he, natural causes showed up <laughs> maybe so it was natural con- causes in a suit and tie you connect but, the dots yeah that's right you connect and the dots. Uh, yeah i like mark maron's thing it's just like yeah the mob using that old killing them through old age <laughs> <laughs> he'll but, he'll get his eventually yeah but yeah so he didn't end up uh talking i prefer i love the portrayal of the mob in ghost dog where they just seem like a bunch of you know the forrest whitaker movie? yeah not, yeah forrest whitaker yeah okay yeah jim jarmusch directed a movie um and it's like because they're just like so pathetic in that movie they're just like yeah my wife's creeps. favorite is married to the mob mm. she's yeah so yeah that's the most realistic mm. portrayal of uh yeah yeah well i mean that's the thing with like the godfather book was you know before that there wasn't all this you know, honor and, and mm. this kind of stuff. And then the mob read the book and went like, oh, yeah. And they adopted it all. And just, you know? That's us. That's uh, that's when that all became that. Uh, Toy Story trilogy. The first three Toy Story it's movies. Great. Very good. I, Actual great, right from beginning to end. I, I mean, even like the fourth it's one. great, but I've never, I've never really connected with the Toy Story movies myself. But oh, okay. I, I acknowledge. I have. Tip top. As someone who uh, liked to play with toys when I was growing up, I like Toy Story. Very good. <laughs> uh, Back to the Future. I've only seen the first one. Which is, you know, one of the best incest-based comedies you're going to see. That also has time travel in it. I um, don't think there's any incest in it, but okay. Uh, just because he fights her off. Okay. Fights off his mom. Yep. Otherwise, oof, I think oof. Futurama is the incest-based comedy. Yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> that's definitely there. That's... <laughs> the one thing that people never really get into, yep. you know, because there's a lot of people who have brought, you know, John Mulaney has a good uh, bit about uh, how Marty's hanging out with a disgraced nuclear physicist, and no one seems to mind. Yeah. And like, why? It was the 80s. Yeah, he's not that great a student, and he's just hanging out with this like crazy, yeah. disgraced nuclear physicist. Mm. Um, but my thing always that is like, the, what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Is like how close, 
uh, they came to giving the Libyans a time machine. <laughs> well, Gaddafi's he was Gaddafi's playing, running yeah. shit, right? He was playing. He was playing the odds there. He's playing the odds, but here's yeah. the odds: is he gets shot, yeah, right. And before Marty fixes everything later, he dies. Mm. So what's the next thing that's going to happen there? You've got the Libyans there. Are they going to leave this car, this fancy car? No, they're going to drive the car. Of course they're going to drive the car. What's the what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to drive it fast. Oh, okay. Then what happens? They're going to go in through time because the second they go past eighty eight, they're they're traveling through time. Yeah. And they're, either they figure out how to get back, yeah. or something happens. But like if they figure it out, now you've gotten Gaddafi a time machine, yeah. and now Gaddafi's taken over the world. Nice job, nice job, Professor. Well done with that. Yeah. Uh, second movie is quite good. Uh, it's one of those where it does open the imagination up. The, the scenes where you're actually in the future were thrilling. Mm. Uh, and then it ends great. It ends so great. The third one. I think I've seen the ending of and the, the third end, film. No, I mean the second oh, okay. film ends great. Okay. The third film doesn't end so great. The, <laughs> the, the third film is just all of a sudden it's a Western. It's a Western, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I think I saw the ending of that movie one time. What are you doing? Yeah. But I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I... basically Doc Brown, who starts off by going, whatever you do, don't affect the past. The slightest <laughs> thing. And then just like, well, I'm going on a sex tour of the past. I'm going to go start. Like, all right. Good luck, buddy. Uh, and then it's uh, Star Wars. And then uh, what's the what's the number one trilogy that we have not talked about yet? The number one trilogy we haven't talked about yet. Is it uh, Wizard of Oz, Return to Oz, and Oz the Great and Powerful? Very close. It's one that uh, your co-host and wife of a Horse Mysteries uh, went, what? That's it? What? When they saw the first one. And sort of I did too. What is it? It is Lord of the Rings. Oh, they put that in there, hey? Yeah. Lord I mean, of I guess Rings, it is a trilogy, but... Lord, if, yeah, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and Return of the King. Feels like a cheat, because that, that's that's adapted from a, from a well, trilogy. It's three stories. <laughs> it's adapted it's from a trilogy. It's about eight hours of movie. It's a... It's a it's a very good adaptation of it. It is not as good as the books. It was okay. it should not it should not ever replace the books. I I learned that. I thought it would, but it won't. Okay, you very can't. good. You can't. And there we are. And I think uh, I think Mary Hook would agree with us. She's currently doing her is her thirteenth annual rereading of Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh! Like that. I wonder how long that takes. Let us know if you're listening to this. How long that takes you? <laughs> that is yeah. uh, that is considerable. So anyway, that's our uh, run through of uh, trilogies. That was a good time killer. Well done. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. That's good filler. We got to talk. We got to be uh, opinionated and get on and under our listeners' skins. Get be judgmental. Yeah, I got Ask, to go after Frank Sinatra. Now that I'm safe and he's dead, <laughs> he can't. You know what? He still has minions. Or uh, he still got Rowan Pharaohs that are out there. Yeah, that's right. That guy, that guy could come after you hard. But he might not be his son, <laughs> unless you look at his face. In which case you go, that's his, that's his son. What are you going to do? Genetics. I don't know. Where do you think that face came from? His mom. Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Are you scared of him? You're scared of him. I'm scared of running. running. Yeah. I haven't done anything. I don't think I've done anything that would get me canceled in my life. But uh, so, I'm, you know, I'm not too worried about him. And yeah, it was very me. different canceling back then, which was, you know. You wake up, wake up in the desert. That's <laughs> you don't wake up rather actually. than rather than a whole bunch of people saying something mean on Instagram. Yeah. You don't wake up in the desert. I don't like you. Yeah, yeah. Put your head in a vice so your eye pops out. Oh Jesus! I know that was casino, right? Yeah. Okay. Oof. I prefer the I prefer the the version of the mafia. 
Lake Osaga or, or Lake, um, there's that movie movie coming out, I think it's called Hitman, with uh, directed by Richard Linklater. And don't quote me on this, but I think the plot of the, or the idea of the film is that the whole idea of like hit people is not true. It's just like a movie creation. Hmm. And, you know, so we just like make, you know, we, but but because it's become like such a cliche, someone could exploit it and pretend they're a hitman. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, what the movie's about. That's an interesting idea. That like all these things weren't real until they were the fake version. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were. Yeah. Yeah. That's but that's not to say that's not to say that people haven't killed someone else for money. No. But but the idea that, that be your job. It the would idea just be that part yeah. of what you would do. Yeah. The idea that that's your living, I, I, or that you have like some kind of like you know when you watch the killer, it's like this you know obviously hyper exaggerated idea where he's you know like this partly it's a crazy it's a crazy satire of consumerism you know like where he can like get anything from amazon like he gets yeah. like a a fob copy you know the thing to copy fobs you know he just orders it off amazon and it gets delivered to him the next day is that crazy you actually can go on amazon and buy one of those and sure. have it delivered to you the next day so it just these things are real you know and but the fact that he has like uh this like uh you know rental unit and it's absolutely like jam packed full of guns and all this other stuff, you know, like all these consumables, you know. So you're supposed to be like, oh, that's cool. Look at all the stuff that he has. And then he goes, like, I have 10 more of these spread around the States or whatever. And you're like, why? Like, this is yeah, craziness. That's bad waste of money. <laughs> craziness. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just, but it's just a parody. To me, it's just like a satire of, of, of the idea of, of what a hitman yeah, is. Yeah, you, you should know? really capone that guy and just get him on tax fraud. It's <laughs> like, there's no, is he writing this off? Well, that's why he lives in whatever, wherever he lives in Dominican. Republic or whatever, so he's outside of away from the the tax man. What you need in that kind of movie is you need, um, or you know, yeah, that kind of movie is you got to have like a smoothie mix smooth. You're a guy like him or a Kuzak or what have you, who's like the hit man, who's you know very you know on top of everything and slick and mm. you know James Bondy and what yeah. have you. And then you got like a next door neighbor or something who's just this guy who's a mess, who's just always like yelling at people. Yeah, and he's yeah. just all crazy yeah. and whatever. And it's like, and that's the best hitman. And you don't know that through the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And like he goes through a series of other people that he's got to fight. Yeah. And then like, oh, who's the last guy? Hit. Oh, you know him. It's your neighbor. And it's just like, what? It's yeah. like, yeah. You don't, you don't advertise, you, sh- you knob. <laughs> you don't like go out to fancy restaurants yeah. with your cocktails and yeah. This it's like to be to be fair to the killer in the movie he doesn't like he yeah. he purposely dresses in a way that like a German tourist like a German tourist because well his his when he saw a German tourist that he said oh there's someone that no one wants to know true here's the only problem with that and also is the most handsome man in the world sure this is the this is the this is the you yeah. know it's yeah. like Tom Cruise you know as a <laughs> as a hitman and just like I blend in and no one notices no everyone goes hello handsome who's that guy did you see him what yeah. a fox yeah. I was like yeah everyone noticed you you know you need the guy who's you know not you know who's like a three mm. you can't have a person who's like you know a nine you need more of a schlub but yeah you gotta be a schlub but, but unfortunately here's the thing. You got to hire a movie star for your movie, and I can't think of too many schlubbish movie stars. Adam Sandler, I guess, is kind of schlubby, but I don't know if he'd be very good in The Killer. Well, it's one of the. That was called The Killer. Yeah, The Killer. Yeah, I mean, what what you actually really do need to be is you need to be, you know, a woman who looks like she's from another land, Mm. and you know, there's been a couple of movies who have like paid this off at the end. We're just like, hey, guess who you don't see? People like me, Mm. and like, yeah, and that's your best hit person. Is the person who you just like? Nope, you you're not giving them any any, any you know a yeah. second look. 
But you would if Michael Rappaport, you know, walked in. This guy who's six foot handsome. Yeah. And just like up there and just like, but he's a German tourist. Mm-hmm. He's Michael Fassbender. A Michael Fassbender. Yeah, he's Johnny Handsome yeah. German tourist. Yeah. Just like, well, hell no, Mr. Tourist. Let me show you around. It's like, <laughs> I guess. Too handsome. Too handsome. Can't, can't be that if you're going to be a hitman. Yeah. Yeah. It is a problem. But in the world of movies, not a problem. Yeah. It was, uh, we mentioned uh, earlier that you came over for a shindig this, this weekend, I my did. wife's it was birthday. An enjoyable uh, time. On, on Saturday. Uh, we, we tried to make, we tried to think like, what, what do we want to do? And what we decided was, uh, you know, we're older now. <laughs> mid, mid fifties, yeah. early fifties in my wife's case. Speak for yourself. Um, and, uh, we went like, you know what? May, maybe people want to like go to sleep earlier. Uh, so we made it in the afternoon. Okay. Was thing one. That's good. And two, uh, didn't want to make it all drinky drinky. Uh, so we made it uh, like a tea. So it's tea and sandwiches, tea and yep. biscuits and sandwiches and whatnot. And sure. also made it so that you could come whenever you wanted and you could leave whenever you wanted. And there wasn't mm. going to be like a, a thing where everyone gathers around and sings around a cake. Yeah. It was just going to be real, <laughs> real loose, as loose as possible. And yeah. yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was nice. It turned it was, out good. It was very nice. It's too bad that a few friends were away. Mm-hmm. That's too bad, but other than that, it was yeah. Goodness. There was someone who had like a, an eye injury and couldn't come, uh, and uh, even worse, sent me a picture of the eye injury. <laughs> I was like, "Listen, I, I get where you're I, going. Yeah, like, I believe I'm you. Proving it, <laughs> I, I get it. But you know what? I'm trying to make egg salad. <laughs> it's no. very hard to smush the egg. After yeah, that's that. right. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 there was like two things. One. I was like, boy, I, uh, I I know people who are all good talkers. And so there was a lot of nice laughter and everyone had good stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. And two, yeah, it was a lot of like, uh, by the end of it, it was like, oh, a lot of big feelings here. I was like, it's a lot of people here I really like. And uh, yeah, it was like mm, a lot of uh, a lot of emotions by the end of it, which was, mm. you know, yeah. It was nice. It was nice. I wish I'd, um, Brent Butt came and I wish I'd been able to talk to him a bit more, but he was on the other side of the room and that's just the nature of, of a get together like that as you talk. I talked to Steve a lot because we were sitting close to each other. And probably have more overlap in interests also. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Brent had published a comic, a superhero comic, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was something he and his friend did. They did, I think, two issues mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of a book. Let me, let me see if I can before find they, the Before the, the Enterprise ran out of money. Yeah. He said, that taught me the dangers of undercapitalizing something. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, yeah, let's see. Oh, it, yeah, it's funny. It it just keeps bringing up uh, his because he wrote a book. Mm. That's the problem. It's like when you write a book now, no one remembers your comic anymore. <laughs> Let's see, is there anything there? From that? Nah. Yeah, he, I'm trying to find. But, but yeah, he that was fun to see him. And actually, when Nancy was leaving, she goes, "That Nancy Robertson." Nancy Robertson. Yeah, she she said she goes, "I'm sure we met before." And I said, "Yeah, we met back in the the eleventh hour days." And she said, "Oh, I knew it. I knew it." <laughs> but we didn't get a chance to talk much either. But uh, it was fun though. It was nice to see everyone. And that was the sort of thing I, I was sitting there with amongst all these people, and I was thinking, I know all these people, that are actors and. Oscar winners and stuff, and I work in a warehouse. <laughs> it's weird. Oh, here we go. Yeah. It was called uh, Existing Earth. Okay. And it was a Wind Wolf book, and I'm going to turn it around for you now. Okay. You're see the cover. Wind Wolf. Mm. It looks like, uh, from yeah, it's from uh, 1987. Wow. There you are. From Colin uh, Oleskine and, uh, and Brent. There you go. Wind Wolf Graphics. Yeah, won some uh, Canadian award. Oh, nice. Yeah. And now it was... 
Uh, Brent was the writer and the other fellow was the artist? Or did no, they both write was, and draw? I think Brent was the artist. Oh, that. wow. Yeah. Good for him. Brent's a good, uh, Brent's a good artist. No. Oh. No, I wanted to bring that up just because we were we had so many people there who were comic book uh, people. James Lloyd was there yeah, as well. Yeah. Susan uh, Susan Perkins was there. Uh, Steve and yeah, Steve Steve Scrosh, Pia Pia you yeah even even uh, our 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 pal and uh, frequent letter writer Louise Moon is a very talented il- illustrator. Yes, she does. So she makes she makes personalized cards for her friends, which is very and nice and she funny. was the illustrator for a book. That is something, something. Oh, freaking heck. I've got it upstairs. Uh, but she did some really nice illustrations for it. It was written by Frank Van Keeken, okay. one of the original kids in the hall. Yeah. And, um, you know, who's uh, gone on to be a producer of many things, and including a sitcom both she and I wrote on called Big Sound. I see. Yeah. And he was also a, one of the main writers on Mad About You and stuff. But, huh? yeah, he wrote uh, a series of uh, dark, weird stories, and she illustrated them. Uh, years ago. Hmm. Hmm. is very cool. A talented fellow. A talented bunch of people in that damn room. <laughs> there was just a wackadoodle yeah. of, uh, of talent. It was nice. Yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just nice talking about stuff. And, it was uh, a very Canadian party because we didn't leave the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kitchen. I, 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 yeah <laughs> I, I cleaned a lot more space than we ventured into. <laughs> That's good. That's fine. It's a good excuse. Yeah, it was... Uh, it is interesting when you're like, as you say, you know, when you're going, you know, you know, all these people who've done all these things. Mm. And yeah, that was part of like my feelings, too. It's like I'm 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 sort of blocked a little bit on a project that I'm working on right now. And so, yeah, it was that kind of feeling of like, I got to I got to do more things. <laughs> and one of the reasons that I wanted to do more things is because that's how I get to meet everyone in this room. Yeah. It's like, you yeah. know. It's true. If I didn't work on comics, I wouldn't have met James. Yeah. You know? Wouldn't have met Nina. I wouldn't, if I wasn't interested in doing sketch comedy, I'd never have met you. That's true. You know? Yeah. So it's all like, you know, making things and creating things, you know, then brings these people into your life and then they get to know each other a lot of the time. And it's like, I was thinking, I was thinking that, you know, when we we're having like a poker game over at our friend, you know, uh, David and Allison's. Yeah. And, you know, it was like these great people are in, in this room and it's just like, Oh, yeah, I introduced everyone here together. And I introduced <laughs> everyone here today, together because I was at, you know, a Women in Film Festival thing. And that's how I met David and Allison. Yeah. And at, coincidentally, at the same time, Brent and Nancy were, were there. And I okay. Think, yeah. And I was given a little bit of a talk as well. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And that's when I met the double exposure folks as well. Wow. Sadly, uh, he's since passed away. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's like you go out, you meet people, then other people meet other people, and then all of a sudden you got this circle of friends, and then it's like it's nice, it's just goddamn nice. Even doing even doing this, you know, this is like uh, you know, if uh, if I didn't done this, I wouldn't have met uh, Jason, and yeah, you know, we wouldn't be doing you know our other podcast, the Refresh right. My Memory, which is like you know such a fun little treat to do. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, and what I wouldn't know Eric. If uh, the other host of the show, aside from, I would know uh, Vicky because yes. she would still be related to my wife. <laughs> That's true. But I wouldn't know my wife if yeah. I hadn't done comics. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I met Eric at, uh, even though we went to the same school at very many years apart and grew up in North Delta, uh, I met him at San Diego Comic-Con. Mm. And, and just because I couldn't get a seat at the Eisner Awards. So we ended up sitting together. And that's where I suggested to him he should try improv, and then he tried improv, and then that's what he does now for a living. Wow. Weird. Connections. Connections, man. <laughs> I think this thing you met, because we didn't actually meet for the sketch comedy thing. We met in uh, singing in choir. 
Okay. We met at lunchtime choir. I don't know if we would have bonded as much from our choir. But but we talked together and I and yeah. I, I immediately liked you. So we would have I think, you know, obviously the sketch comedy thing helped, but we had other things. We liked comics and right. stuff like that. They, that. Those things connected us too. I was in choir to meet girls. Well, then I was the wrong one to meet. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it was like that was a really mis- a big Dave, mistake. I'm trying to meet girls. <laughs> Is that why you're in choir? A little bit. There was a there was a girl who was sitting next to me, and um, mm. one of the jokes she liked to do, which was a funny joke, was uh, when I'm singing a note, she would then uh, squeeze my knee Ooh. because it would uh, then make me giggle, yeah, and it would ruin the note, and I'd get in trouble. <laughs> and she enjoyed this so much, very much, yeah. and I enjoyed her grabbing my knee, mm. and so. Uh, cause and effect, it all worked out quite well. That's that's, that's good. That's good. I joined Lunchtime Choir because the choir director was my former junior high school band teacher. Oh, okay. And who, as you remember, when we went to Burns U, she she uh, was very keen to see me. She actually went out in search of me, left her <laughs> left her room because I was like, oh well, well, we'll go there. And so we went to the her room where she was. Someone had clued us in, and I guess, but someone had mentioned they'd seen me, and so she had gone out to find me. So she wasn't in her room, but we did rent, we did meet up eventually. But yeah, she asked if I would do lunch, lunch hour choir, and I, I felt a kind of loyalty to her because she'd been my band teacher through grade eight to grade ten. So I was like, of course I will lend my frog-like tones to your choir. <laughs> and so yeah, I, do I did. you remember any of the songs we had to sing? Oh my god, no, mm. no. I also sang in jazz choir as well, but I, I was hopeless. I, I foolishly agreed to sing uh, in to Lionel Richie's "Hello." In public. Mm. Oh, my God. And it was like out of nowhere. I had to like hit a note from like, hello. And it was just like, nope. Like miles away. So bad. It, it, uh. it was one of the biggest laughs I ever got. It was like trying to hit that motherfucking note. Awful. And it was just like, done. But I got to keep going. Yeah. If I had a match, I would have just set myself on fire. <laughs> just like, just let me. Just, That's not how you meet girls. Going, hello. <laughs> no, self-incinerating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a terrible way to meet. meet. Well, I guess you could meet a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. If you I'm carrying a torch it. for you. And it's me. <laughs> and then she went, Happy carrying a torch for you. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that's an old expression. It's like, I'm an old soul, baby. Anyway, time to set myself ablaze. <laughs> hello. Is it me you're looking for? Oh, boy. <laughs> and now the theme to Flashdance. Here, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little what a secret. Feeling, I what have, a feeling. Only you remember this. Okay. I do not remember this at all. Please. It's just gone. It's gone with the wind. So you should just let you just let it all let it go. I don't remember much of Gone with the Wind. But go ahead. That's not a good movie. I just meant it's you know yeah. it's gone. It's gone. You don't have to worry about those those past things. No one else remembers. That was a funny thing when we went to to Burnsview. You know, what I kept wanting to say every time I walked around like another and saw another hallway, mm. just wanted to keep going, this was real? <laughs> okay, fine. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Whatever you say. Oh, boy. This isn't just from my nightmares? <laughs> okay. Fine, fine. Just, All right. Just remember, I had an extra year there. Right. I started in grade seven. Hmm. Just one, one, <laughs> one grade of kids walk around the school like a herd of geese. And once again, you know, I, Could, I, are geese a herd? I don't know what a, a thing of gaggle. geese is. A gaggle of geese, yes, but like yeah. a gaggle of geese or or a mother following like a, a ducks following their mother. Once again, I do want to ask the teachers that work there why none of the posters have changed. <laughs> that that is so yeah. strange to me, mm-hmm. having like walked in that room and just fully expecting, and it was like a change room that was there for like you know the the room, yeah. a dressing room. Yeah, 
and uh, and walking into it and like all these posters were on the wall and we've mm. talked about this before but yeah. again it makes no sense uh <laughs> that like n- none of them had changed they were from when i was there well it makes us and sad like, kind of more like that's sad know. though it's sad it's sad because it speaks to the fact that at one time there were people there who were excited about the idea of plays and things like that and they took the time and trouble and maybe it might have just been the teacher i don't know but they took the time to like put up posters on the wall yeah of various you know various things you know various uh, shows around town and then i know it also speaks to the fact that there's not there's not various shows around town anymore there's what one or two maybe. one or two playhouses left that's true yeah we used to go to vancouver playhouse and mm-hmm. uh, the, but we also yeah. used to go to the arts club on yeah. seymour we went to the arts club on granville island we yeah. went to there that was, was more in senior high that I would do mm-hmm. those things. There was yeah. a back alley. There was uh, the what? actually it was just called City Stage, then. Huh? City Stage, okay, yeah. Um, Sister were... Mary Ignatius explains it all to you. <laughs> I, remember seeing, I remember seeing that one, uh, the Walt, Dis- the Disney one, the Walt Disney one, where yeah, Roy and Walt waiting for, waiting for the results of Snow White's uh, pre- premiere. Mm-hmm. They're too scared to go. They're just sitting in the office waiting to know it. <laughs> what happened? One of my favorites was uh, was K two yes. with the gigantic styrofoam mountain mm-hmm. that you could actually climb. Yeah, and at one good... point, like someone falls from like above the stage, you yeah. know, and uh, dangles on a rope. I'm like Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's good stuff. Unexpected. I think the favorite one I saw in that with with what you and I went to is um noises off the. Oh, it's frame. the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, it's great. Is I've it, seen like the movie. I've seen other productions. They're not as funny. No, I think it's really st- it works on stage. Yeah, obviously because you need the you need the surprise element of stage. Where did it, you see North Shore live? The TV show? It wasn't a TV show. Oh, it was a stage? North Shore. It was a stage show with um, with uh, Nicola Cavendish, and uh, it was the the idea was it was like a like a TV station. It was kind of SCTV. Oh, yeah. Type okay. Situation. Yes, I did see that. And yes, yeah, yes. they all played like multiple characters. Yes. That was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen too, mm. and it was just mm-hmm. and they had a lot of video clips and parodies yeah, as well, yeah. and that was something that uh, changed me because I went, oh, you can do yeah, it was really multimedia, multimedia, yeah, yeah, and uh, I had no idea you could do. I thought plays are plays, mm-hmm. TV is TV, you yeah. can't mix them together, you can't put a song in your play unless it's a musical, <laughs> uh, and then it's got to be song like this, song like that, or a quick quick patter song, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we saw it's snowing on Bo- snowing on Bowen, which he did. As well. It's blowing on Bowen. Oh, it's it snowing blowing? on Salt Spring. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I combined the it, two. It's snowing on I Salt Spring was, was the can... first show, and yeah. then it's blowing on Bowen. Bowen, shaking my head, but there, that was fine. There was also that one. It was like a murder mystery where the character gets killed on stage, but because you're distracted, you don't see. I'll be back before midnight. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was when we talked about that with the star of that, Colin Mockery, when he was on. That's show. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was very good as well. Yeah, it was oh, a great. The there, was a great there was a great scene in that, which I think is the one you're talking about, where they had a couple that was having a fight mm-hmm. over on stage left, stage left, that's and right. uh, and but uh, what you didn't see was they were piping blood onto the floor. Yeah, and then at one point they just turned and like Jesus. Yeah, and it was like a great magic trick. It was because you weren't you were too wrapped up in what was happening on stage. Um, yeah, just thinking about that time, and so I feel like. It's sad because there's no, there's been no group of people that have gone through Burnsview, through the theater program there, and went, you know, let's put our own, let's put our own stamp on this place. Why, are, why are these old posters here now? Let's yeah. put our own thing. Let's put our own shows up. Let's put our, own, you know, whatever. And there's no one who's ever done that. And it's just it, like, what plays are they seeing now? Mm-hmm. What are they going out to? Are they? I mean, they must be seeing still plays stuff at the stuff. Stanley Theater. I, I guess. guess, yeah, which is the Arts Club, I guess now. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah but the a, Playhouse is definitely missed. 
the playhouse was something. Yeah. It was yeah. something I remember my dad saying to me was like, uh, you know, you'll know you've made it when you've been on this stage. And then they shut the stage down. And I was like, well, I guess I'll never know. Thanks a lot yeah. for giving me that. Put that was that in a city decision. Yeah. And a bad decision. City. You can't afford it. You can't afford. You can't not afford it. Plus, you you built it. Yeah. The the taxpayers built it, and then you sold it out from under them. I was also one of the first theaters I ever saw someone completely forget their lines and just oh. like blump. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know, it was, ah, from the side, and you know, at first it was funny, and then it was really sad, and you could tell that they were like kind of broken down yeah. because of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, these are people. <laughs> you just assume like you're never going to go to a production of Hamlet yeah. and have Hamlet not know what Hamlet's going to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so different. One thing I do miss about like uh, London is the idea is like, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. Go see a play. Then you go uh, to the half price desk and see what's available. Mm. It's like, we got some tickets left for waiting for Godot. Uh, it's uh, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. Okay, and that's that was what my wife did one day when I, yeah. I was off doing my own little show. Yeah, uh, yeah, just like yeah, we got like a we got a free seat here if you want to go see that. Yes, yes, I want to go see that. Huh. Yeah, I have a friend at work who 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 finds it absolutely unbelievable that I'll go to a movie on my own. He just cannot understand it. Like to him, that's not how you see a movie. You got to go with a friend. You got to go with family. You got to go. You got to be with someone else to go see a movie. Huh. It's weird to me, like. Like you never went to a movie by yourself when you were a kid? He goes, no, never. Oh wow, all the time, constantly. Yeah, all the time. You ever read a book by yourself? <laughs> Obviously, if someone wanted to go to a movie, that's fine. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's a different experience though. But yeah. it's different. Like I mean, yeah, like I went and saw uh, Suitable Flesh on Monday night at the Rio. I drove in from you know drove did my forty five minute drive in from 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 uh, Aldergrove into town, went and saw a movie, and then drove back home again. And I just did it by myself, because Lisa was not interested in seeing it. It's cool. yeah. It was kind of a horror movie, so it wasn't horrible enough, but it was it was fine. <laughs> Needed more horror, was my feeling about the... Yeah, I used to I used to see movies, yeah, by my uh, matinees all the time, constantly. Mm. Now, like, uh, you know, I've got family members that are really into movies, so, you know, if I mention something, I'll be, oh, I'll go see that as well. We were going to go see, um, uh, recommend... Uh, we're... we're uh, Nina recommended um, Shin, Shin Godzilla. And yes. so we've got that to watch on mm. the uh, TV box. Yeah. But we're going to see uh, Godzilla Minus One tomorrow. Oh, okay. Fun. Yeah. Fun. I have to admit, I tried to watch uh, Godzilla versus King Kong a little while ago and I fell asleep. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm the biggest Godzilla guy out there. I'm enjoying the uh, Monarch TV series much more than I enjoyed the Godzilla movies and the okay. King Kong movies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I. Apparently, we don't have an Apple subscription right now. Okay. Which I could use my Samsung purchase as a way to, to, to get three months free Apple. But I think I'm going to wait on that until High Desert's available. Okay. Because I, I want to I see the next season of that a lot. Hopefully, it has a second season anyway. I don't know. I don't know how streaming works. I don't know how they gauge if they're going to redo like do something. I don't think they know. I, guess I don't I'm, think anyone knows nothing. Yeah. Everyone keeps it to themselves, and I'm not sure if with the writers' uh, strike, if uh, if if they did get like access to numbers at all, or mm. if that's still uh, yeah, so mystery it's a secret. Yeah, something like one of my favorite shows, The OA. You know, this is like a bitter. I just you know, still like I just carried around this bitter feeling of like only two seasons out of five. Couldn't come on Netflix. Yeah, 
You couldn't you couldn't put do the th- three other seasons? You're this show's too weird. You sp- agreed to do it. You're speaking my language. <laughs> oh, want to talk briefly about uh passing of Norman Lear. Oh, he passed Pass- away. He passed away. Love his poems. The, uh, his nonsense poetry is will live forever. I think. As, uh, as the gong a- with a luminous nose and uh What was this? Uh it's Edward Lear. Anyway. Oh my star. It's a little joke. That's not what this it's is It's a little about. joke for the poetry. That's not what this is about. Yeah. Normally. We talk about pop, bringing poetry into it. <laughs> Norman Lear, creator yeah. of? Creator of. Oh, here we go. Uh, well, let's just say, first of all, passed away at the age of 101. Wow. People say natural causes. I say murder. Don Rickles. Passed away because of Don Rickles. Yeah. He was going to talk about the mob. Yeah. And then... There you go. Don Rickles told him all about the mob. You know him from the Ford Star Review with I do Jack not, Haley. I, I do not. You know, know him from the Colgate Comedy Hour. I do not. Was you that the Sid Caesar thingy? That was Martin and Lewis. Martin and Lewis. Okay. Yeah. You know him from the Martha Ray show. She had, she had dentures. Right. And got very mad and sued uh, uh, David Letterman when David Letterman made fun of that. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that was yeah. a thing. <laughs> That's another one of the stories Cliff told on the uh, oh, Mark Maron thing. Fine. Was a... Uh, because she, it was uh, Martha Way Dent- Ray denture wearer, as you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. was the thing she had in a commercial. Yeah, and so uh, you know he did a joke which was uh, Martha Ray condom user, <laughs> and uh, she uh, got very upset. Okay, and uh, was going to sue him, oh. and uh, didn't happen because of freedom of speech. And yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Take a joke, Martha. Uh, so yeah, uh, naming naming um, uh, things that. Uh, Norman Lear uh, has done. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, you're going to tell me the deputy with Henry Fonda, that TV series. Yes. Ran for uh, three years. Classic. Three years. Probably half an hour Western. Right. But okay, here we go. Yeah. So, uh, you know, his first big one, which is probably one of the biggest ones, would be All in the Family. All in the Family, which yep. is based on to death. You do. I was going to say, he, he used <laughs> other people's programs. As a, at he first, created other people's shows. At first, and yeah, and then spun off. So, yeah. like, Steptoe and Son was Sanford and Son. Yeah. But uh, was that also Norman Lear? That was also Norman Lear. Okay. So, what was, uh, let's go with uh, All in the Family spinoffs. Hit me with All in the Family spinoffs. Go. So, uh, Maud, The Jeffersons, Good Times. That's right, because Jefferson, uh, sorry, Good Times spun off of. The, was, did, I think his wasn't Esther Rolf or Rolf yeah, or whatever played. Maud. That's yeah. right. She was the maid. Yeah. And so yeah, that spun off yeah. of that. Esther Roll, I think her name was actually. It's also uh, Gloria had a series. There was like I think seven twenty four okay. Hauser Street. They had oh, and there's Archie Bunker's place. Yeah, Archie Bunker's place. Yep. And all, all those. Sorry, those are the only ones I know. I, I oh, named. I I, I uh, shot my load. That's all right. Uh, there was one day at a time. One day at a time, but that's yep. not a spinoff. No, that wasn't. This okay, is but he created one day at a time. He created one day at a time. He also created Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Oh, that's a great show. Yep. Now, did that spin off into Fernwood, Fernwood Tonight? Fernwood Tonight, yeah. 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 So that was also two that. great shows. Well, and what did Fernwood Tonight uh, spin off into? Uh, it was a very similarly named show. Fernwood Tonight, uh, between two Fernwood Tonight's. Uh, America Tonight. Oh, I don't know that one. It's weird. He did a TV show in '79 called Hanging In. Uh, I auditioned for a show called Hanging In. Okay. That was a Canadian show, CBC yeah. show, and right. I lost that role to... Kenny Reeves. That is correct. Why did you lose that role to him? Because he lived in Toronto and was That was what Toronto. they told me. Maybe they were being nice. <laughs> but they said it came down to me and him, and yeah. he was there, so it was cheaper yeah. to go with him. Sure. Um, also... Uh, That's how I think of Kenny Reeves to this day. Cheaper. Yes. 
And, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff like the dumplings and uh, all the glitters and Carter Country. What? Um, what are we talking about? We're talking about so, AKA Pablo. Don't know it. AKA Pablo was Paul Rodriguez's uh, sitcom. Okay. Um, but most recently, did he did he really have anything great after the seventies? Though, okay, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. Now, aka Pablo, and that's the well, uh, you know, he did just produce the new One Day at a Time, which was really good and was mm-hmm. like three seasons. Okay, um, but I'll I'll throw here's good trivia. Okay, right now, sure. Um, which oh, they're doing a Good Times. Oh Jesus, Good Times has got a new. <laughs> Is the dad going to leave after the first season? I don't know, but okay. the Good Times Black Again is uh, coming up uh, this year. No, next year as uh, an animated series. Can I just draw a little connection? Okay. The dad from Good Times was also uh, heavy in uh, Die Hard 2. Yes, and also was in Beastmaster, wearing a thong that he shouldn't have been. <laughs> I, don't, and, I don't know uh, if I've seen Beastmaster. When you're watching Beastmaster, you're like, yeah. oh, this isn't too bad. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? That's not needed. All right. Here's a here's yeah. a question. Speaking okay. of animation, sure. Norman Lear yep. did a voice for uh, an animated series. Okay, very popular animated series. Very popular. Okay. Yeah. But he also uh, did some writing on this series. Oh, you really? will not expect him to have done that. Yeah. He went to the writing retreat. Yeah. And uh, apparently, uh, some of his ideas uh, they did on the show, and he wrote some dialogue for it. Hmm. Uh, a very popular animated series. Is it Family Guy? It was not, but it is long running. Okay. So let's go with that. Like long running. Oh, you're not in not the Simpsons. No. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Similar length of sh- of time for Family Guy for length of uh, how long the show's been on. South Park. Yes. Oh, interesting. He, he does Who does a, he play on South Park? He, uh, he, I forget the name of the character on South Park that he played. Okay. But he, uh, yeah, he did some uh, some writing on uh, that show. Story-wise, yeah, here we go. Uh, yeah, he appeared on the South Park episode, I'm a Little Bit Country, providing the voice of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> and then he served as a consultant uh, to that episode and also an episode called Cancelled. Mm. He went to the South Park Writers Retreat and... Uh, some of his ideas ended up making it into South Park and some jokes that he wrote. Wow. And he was the officiant at uh, Trey Parker's wedding. That's crazy. So there you go. That's great. That's great. That hey. show, by the way, everyone, that show still has it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But their most recent season that they're doing only for Paramount Plus, but I happen to watch some of it at David's on DVD, uh, former friend of the show, David M., um, was, uh, was really good. Yeah, it's really good. I was yeah. surprised how good it was. I was like, this show has not lost a step, unlike mm. some other long, long-running long animated shows. Yeah, they seem to get what humor is now mm-hmm. and are, again, just a little bit ahead yeah. of where everyone is now. Yeah, yeah. And I like the name. I haven't seen it, but I like the name of the new one, which is like something rather the pandering. Yes. Which is a superhero parody. But Which, uh, w- something I like about it is uh, people that are, you know, your normal um you know the the okay how do i put this in a nice way your your paul shadows yeah you know who are like uh everyone uh hates us uh nerds and uh and marvel hates us and uh you know they're ruining all the things that we love uh so you know he was looking forward to that yeah of course and uh said so, oh they weren't mean enough they were wrong. it wasn't good enough you know they dropped the ball it's like no no they're just not on your side. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, the thing. Say, yeah. It's like, you know, they agree with you to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then... But yeah, what they're saying is there is, you know, this is not how you make films for, for anyone. 
anyone. There's ways to make fun movies. Yeah. There's stuff to make fun of. And, uh, but you know, yeah. the overly simplistic, simplistic, uh, dismissal yeah. of, you know, all things new and, uh, diverse. <laughs> yeah. When, when people... you bring up woke, the word woke, uh, you're, uh, screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. You're screwed. You just, everyone stops listening. They put their heads on their desk <laughs> and they go to sleep. They take a little nap. <laughs> It's weird that saying woke puts us to sleep. It just puts us <laughs> a nice little nap, and there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. But good, uh, good, and yeah, Norman Lear's done, like, so much stuff and has, you know, brought in so many writers and just, oof, you'll, you'll hear more and more as things progress. But basically, no one's got, like, a bad word to say about that guy. Yeah. Well, that's you good. Know? That's good. And then his wife found, found the magazine Lear's for a while? Like, she was... I don't know. That's... I a, don't think they were married. I think they were married, and then, went, like, I think... They got divorced, and then she, I guess she took her her uh, alimony and turned it into a magazine. But I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, let's see if he was, uh, he was divorced uh, twice. Yes, he, he, he made two times divorce money. Yes, and had six kids. Wow. Six projects. Though two of the kids were spinoffs of British children. <laughs> they were originally British kids, but they turned, yeah. Yeah, they turned them into yeah, he's got a American. Car- he's got a kid named Rufus who's a... Yeah. Who's a, a, a spinoff of uh, Rupert. Yeah. Uh, this British child. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Square braces. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's got like a, you know, Pamela that's Peggy in, okay. uh, in, uh, in England. Okay. Yeah. Very successful. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. That's too, I mean, I mean, I'm, you know, he's 101. So good for you, sir. That's uh, that's a full inning right there. Yeah, it is. Isn't Especially it? if you were like pretty with it to the end. And like, he seems to have been pretty with it in the end. He was developing. Amazing. A uh, new version of uh, Who's the Boss? So you know, I mean, there's some good parts about him. Can being, you really him, him being? Let me be mean. Okay. He was developing a uh, a new a new uh, <laughs> season of uh, of Who's the Boss. Yeah. So you know, there's some good to him being dead. <laughs> Ouch! If it puts a stop to that, yeah, then we've got to go. Well, you don't know. You liked what, you liked the new One Day at a Time. Sure, but I like the old One Day at a Time too. Oh, okay, you didn't like Who's the Boss. I don't think you can never replace Judith Light. There you are, and and Catherine Hel- Hellman. Uh, yeah, Catherine Harold. No, Hellman. Yeah, Hellman. Hellman yeah. yeah. Look, I like everyone involved yeah. in Who's the Boss. Sure, but have you ever seen a Who's the Boss? Uh, maybe I don't think so. Yeah, you, you haven't. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm pretty you sure. Haven't. I'm pretty sure I might have watched a couple of episodes yeah, of it. There's times where I start talking about it and I just go like, I guess I like Nell Carter, and they're like, that's not at all what the show was. It was a completely different show. That was Nell. No, give me a break. It's called Give Me a Break. <laughs> Oh, it's a movie Nell. I'm sorry. Were you confusing? Yeah, it's confusing. The sitcom, the movie Nell. Uh, give me a break with the movie Nell. <laughs> yes, I was sure. <laughs> Thought it the same. Thought it the same. Understood. Yeah, yes. It's an easy mistake to make. Yeah, I was confusing the Colors trilogy. Yeah, uh, with, with what's happening. With oh company. shoot, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I was confusing the sitcom What's Happening with the movie The Happening. And they combined Ooh, them good. and they made What's the Happening. What's the happening? <laughs> Rerun would be so good in that. This guy dancing out in, a, <laughs> out in a field, and then he gets killed by the wind. And that's the movie, What's the Happening? Wow. That could be good. Rerun. That was his name. I said Rerun. Yeah? Yeah. So played re- by? Rerun would be so good. Played I don't know. by Fred oh. Berry. I don't know who that is. Well, that's who played Rerun. Okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is, because you couldn't remember Rerun, you're going to one-up me by remembering the name Fred Berry. I am going to remember the name of the actor <laughs> and dancer, Fred Berry. I feel pretty good about that. Did he dance on the show? Does he dance in the show? Yeah. Not only does he dance in the show. Yeah. Uh, when they brought, uh, they had a reoccurring uh, thing on Scrubs 
where they had Fred Berry come in and basically dance as his rerun character. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's an amazing dancer. Mm. He's really good. Good for him. And he was on, I think he was on Laughing as well. The original Laughing? Yes, I believe so. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up now. Wasn't, you're not thinking of Mad TV. <laughs> Am I thinking of Mad TV? <laughs> All right, let me look up what's happening. All right. You look it up. Talk about something else. <laughs> what can I talk about? We're I don't know. You've been of, doing this for 12 we've years. We've been reminiscing about Fred old Barry. sitcoms. Dave, you okay. reminisce about old sitcoms. Personal uh, life. Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah. Scrubs. Uh, he was in uh, Hammer, uh, Brady Bunch Variety. Hour. No, he wasn't on and laughing. Okay. I, you, you confused the two. I was. I was. You mixed up the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Yes. With, he, was uh, in, uh, he was in a show called, uh, or a movie called Hammer. Mm. Uh, and then he did Brady Bunch Variety Hour. He was, yeah, okay. Very good. My my mistake. I apologize to everyone concerned. Yeah. Well, you know, just the only other character I can remember from what's happening was Raj. Raj. Right. Who spun off into a series called the Raj Mahal. One in a million. Oh my God! I'm wrong every time. She won a lottery and then went off and uh, did things. She wasn't Raj a guy. Oh wait, who are you thinking of? Raj. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah, Raj was that day. But who was the woman? Uh, Shirley. Shirley was those things. Okay. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking Raj. Roz. I was thinking Roz because Roz is a character on Fraser, and you said Raj. I got no idea. <laughs> yes, you're right. Roger. Raj. Thompson. Yeah. Thomas. That was that character. Sure. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. This show has clearly gone at least a half hour past where we should. I'm going to the letters. Time for letters. I'm going to the letters. Oh I'm... my God. What's wrong with us? <laughs> oh, we don't know when to stop again. We time. do not know when to stop. I'm going to start listing chocolate bars. <laughs> so last week we asked, what movie scene scared you as a kid? Yeah. And also, what's your favorite uh, Christmas special? Okay. Yeah. I got to watch um, I gotta watch a movie for an upcoming Refresh My Memory that's a Christmas movie. Oh, nice. That I have not seen. That's a semi-horror movie. That's a, that's a comedy. That's it's a, a Christmas name. movie. Yeah. Semi horror movie. That's a comedy. I'm not going to say the name of it because no, we no, don't no, say no. The you don't want to say that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I won't try and guess it. All right, but I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah. Louise. Hey, we saw her at the party. We did. She made some ducks. These like biscuit ducks. Mm. Uh, first of all, uh, her and her sister Jackie they yeah. brought pula, which is a Finnish uh, okay. bread. Yeah. Boy, that went over like gangbusters. Sure did. Holy moly. But uh, I think Louise herself made these uh, little uh, crispy ducks, uh, okay. kind of savory crackers. Good God, they're good. Oh. I'm hoping they're not to be fed to ducks. <laughs> and we've made a mistake. <laughs> well. So delicious. That's good. Uh, Louise writes, as a kid, I found the child catcher oh. in the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Very creepy. I can see that. An An- Anthony Newley, I believe. The uh, the person who played him? Played the uh, uh, Dancer. Kid. Yeah. Apparently, a little trivia about that. Okay, was uh, there was an accident on set, and the uh, the the carriage that he was like carrying the kids in. Yeah, there was no kids in the carriage at the time. Sure, sure. Flipped over. Wow. There was an accident. Yeah, and he jumped out, and uh, and Dick Van Dyke said it was the most graceful thing he'd ever seen. So beautiful. Wow. Because there's this amazing professional dancer yeah, just yeah. escaping from a car accident, like going wee. Wow. And it was like also a singer. Oh, Anthony that's Neely. not surprising. And a real influence on David Bowie. That's a surprise. Yeah. All right. can really hear Anthony Newley and early David Bowie. An internet, let's hope that Louise does not now tell the same story I did. Because I sometimes do that dinkish move. <laughs> where I'm just like, oh, you know this about this? Anyway, keep reading the letter. Should have read the letters in advance. <laughs> an internet search reveals the character is not in Ian Fleming's original 1964 novel. Oh. It was either added by uh, Roald Dahl, who wrote a draft of the screenplay, or by director Ken Hughes, uh, who did a total rewrite. 
again on the set, Ken Hughes was a little bit of a hot-tempered fella. Is that right? And uh, the actor who played the child catcher uh, tried, ca- calmed him down a lot. Okay. And at one point told him, don't swear in front of the kids. And people <laughs> give a little bit of applause. Uh, huh? Huh? I don't know. A government employee whose job is luring children with candy and tricking them into a cage feels very dull to me. Yeah. But the director claimed it was his idea. Fun fact, he was also one of the directors of the spy spoof Casino Royale. Which, which also had traps in it. Which kind of negates the idea that uh, he created the spy catcher. Or ca- child catcher, I should say. Uh, Edward Dragansky responds, Casino Royale, uh, this is the 67 version. Yes. Also weird and creepy, but not as bad as Skidoo. <laughs> which isn't really weird and creepy, just more like out of touch. Uh, Louise uh, uh, writes again, saying, on a more serious note, uh-huh. something that also scared me as a kid was the news coverage of the October crisis of 1970, uh-huh. which involved a separatist group that carried out bombings, kidnappings, and killings in Quebec. I remember seeing photos of the suspects on my grandma's TV set and wondering if they would be trying to kill us too. I've been thinking of that lately when I watch news reports out of Israel and Gaza. Mm. Here's the weird thing to me. I have a, a one of my first memories is kind of of that kind of thing, but that's unrealistic because I would have been three. That makes no yeah, sense whatsoever. I don't whatsoever. remember it at all. Uh, but uh, I, I remember there was like... There was a sense of danger on the news that was always there. Mm. And it was like, whenever I watched the TV, my parents would be would be nervous. Mm. They'd be nervous. And you could pick up on that. And I remember that much. But again, I was three. So there's no way I'm having this memory of, yeah. of you know, the FLQ. Um, Edward Gantz. Can I just, sorry, before you start reading. Oh, please. I, I just want to quickly ask. because I noticed I noticed that you bought the book by Chris Oliveros about the October crisis. Okay, and the FLQ. Oh, I haven't read it yet. Okay. Okay. So I won't ask your opinion of it then. Because it looks you know, interesting. It looks really interesting. Because someone came over and gave me uh, books by uh, Noah Van Skyver, a couple of <laughs> mini comics there. I did do that. And I'm right now uh, reading Cliff Nefsteroff's book, uh, Outrageous, mm. uh, about um, sc- uh, comedy and uh, kind of cancel culture throughout the ages. Okay. And very much, very much enjoying that. So I'm getting through that. Yeah. And I'm going to read Chris Oliveros' book. Okay. Then I'm going to let me know what you think. I will. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes, uh, I know we've covered this uh, before, but those damned apple trees in the 1939 Wizard of Oz terrified me so much. I had to uh, watch that scene from behind a chair. Uh, trick on you. That chair was made of wood, which is what the trees are made of. It's not safe. Uh, you know, here's the thing. People used to say all the time that kids would watch Doctor Who from behind a couch. Yeah. Why has there never been a Doctor Who where kids get killed by going behind a couch? That's mm. what they should have done. Yeah. yeah. If only they were still making Doctor Who episodes. <laughs> the Wicked Witch was no problem. Neither were her flying monkeys. Really? But those trees were I the worst. The mon- I found monkeys really scary. Well, how often are you going to run into a flying monkey? But how I don't often know. are you going to run into a tree? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to run into a witch. But is, you're going to run into a tree on a day-to-day basis. But I'd seen lots of trees. I played in a park where there was lots of trees. They never attacked me. I'd like if someone pulls something off you. But suddenly there's there's flying monkeys in the, in the equation. That's scary. Yeah. According to my mom, I was outside playing when a branch from one of our trees caught my jacket and snagged me. <laughs> Thinking it was an apple tree from Oz, I flew out of the jacket screaming and running, leaving my empty jacket hanging on the tree branch of a harmless tree. And then people walked by and went, oh, that's a jacket tree. <laughs> that's right. I don't know. It's, they're fruiting early this oh, year. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Only not, not many, but it's a good one. <laughs> it's a 
Years later, it was another Oz movie, Disney's Return to Oz, mm -hmm, that terrified my daughter as a child. She claims the wheelers in that movie traumatized her as a child, and she's never let me forget it. It is a creepy scene. The Deadly Desert, the... uh, Oh, man, there's a lot of stuff. that's (laughs) um, Good job, Fruzabal. I guess, and all all the heads... Creepy. Man, I watched it with you. It's been a long time since I saw that, though. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's Way back when. Yeah, if you have a reason to give it a second watch with someone who hasn't seen it, it's worth it. I guess there's no place like home because the fucking trees and wheelers don't attack you. Yeah. Uh, my all-time favorite Christmas special is Rankin Bass's A Year Without a Santa Claus. Mm. I have a big soft spot for Dick Sean's Snow Miser and George Irving's Heat Miser. It's almost like watching the Dragansky Brothers. <laughs> I know uh, back in the oldie days, oh, Dave would sometimes butter. sing those uh, oh, oh. that song in uh, in school. I did. I, knew, I had no shame. That's right. All right, fi- uh, finish this line. He's Mr. Uh, Heat Blister. He's Mr. Sun. Oh, no, he's Mr. Heat Miser. He's Mr. Sun. He's Mr. Heat Blister. He's Mr. Mr. 101. There you go. Friends call me Heat Miser. Whatever I touch starts to melt in my clutch. I'm too much. <laughs> too much. A close second is Snuffy, the Elf Who Saved Christmas. But never heard of that. By Peter no. Rose Productions, starring Bobby Goldsboro. Okay. I may be biased on that one because I worked on it back in 1991. I think Ed's talked about this before, actually. And we got a little, we got uh, the link. There you go. No excuse not to watch it. I was uh, going out with an animator who was working on uh, one of the worst uh, Christmas specials of all time. Which is? Um, Christopher the Christmas Tree. Okay. Holy moly. I think Bill Ryder is the voice of the tree. All right. It is very Canadian and very not good. <laughs> I may give you a link. All right. Seriously, there's such a thing as a, is there such a thing as a bad uh, Christmas special? Surely not even the Star Wars holiday special, another all-time favorite and fever dreams equivalent. There is a documentary coming up very shortly. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic is in the trailer for it. About the uh, holiday special, and of course, Patton Oswalt and the usual suspects. Yeah, uh, looks I'll very singing its praises without irony. I'll be riding off on my tauntaun now with a <laughs> bag full of toys for the good Wookies on Life Day. Ho ho ho! And may the force be with you. Until next time, good sneakers. Goodbye, Ed. And Thank you for have, writing, uh, Lisa. <gasps> I know Lisa. Horse mysteries. Horse mysteries and co-host of your marriage. <laughs> um, bonjour. That's how they greet people in Australia, apparently. Uh, the scene that scared me most when I was a child was the final scene in the Stranger Danger movie they showed us in grade two. So I guess that movie really did the job it was intended to do. <laughs> the music makes me really nervous. Uh, that makes me really nervous is the theme from the Thames Broadcasting Association. Yes, as I always, yeah, as I always associate it with a scary show, I would watch the, the Tomorrow evening. People. Yes. Uh, I know they did more uh, than scary shows, but uh, yeah. anytime I hear that tune, shivers. Yeah. I think it's Benny Hill. I was going to say, also meant Benny Hill was starting. That was uh, terrifying to me as well. Yeah. Despite the boobs. I did not, I did not enjoy that show. Boobs. Yakety sacks. Favorite Christmas special has to be the Charlie Brown cartoon. Yes. But I love uh, all of those cartoons Frosty, Rudolph, Little Drummer Boy, etc. I also like a Christmas story, but it usually gets turned off. So you don't get to watch the whole show. Sad face. Hmm. He gets turned off by a mean husband. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I like that movie. I don't know why, who's huh. turning it off. Interesting. Wonder who would be coming into the house and turning it off. Yeah, it's weird. I, weird. I don't know what she's talking huh. about. Interesting. I, I, it's huh. a, one of my favorite films. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, 
Depends who you believe. Uh, Peter Ayers uh, writes, Oh, crikey. In my formative movie-going years, were there any movies that weren't scary? Going to see The Dark Crystal, aged uh, six, was a great introduction to cinematic terror. <laughs> Shit. Aside from the unsettling mise-en-scene yeah. of the swamp in which everything is eating everything else, aside from the various terrifying geriatric antagonists crumbling to dust, there were the gentle podlings quaking in fear and having their souls slurped out of the tops of their heads. You know, for kids. Yeah, I watched the... Uh, the, I've never seen that movie. The prequel they had uh, on uh, on Netflix. Uh, so gruesome. Oh, my God. Mouths are being sewn shut. People are getting fucking beaten to blood is coming. Jesus. What are you doing? It's not for kids, I guess. No shit. Well, it is for kids because, you know, kids get it. <laughs> I, guess really, I guess it's just their, their lives then reflected the back year, to them. Then the following year, Krull doubled down, which alongside <laughs> the rollicking fantasy had some genuinely disturbing and horrific imagery. Such as? Perhaps the most intense scene being the chap trying to escape the crystal spider before the sands of life fell through his fingers. Oh, yeah. I can still remember the terror in his eyes. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of the fear of death to pep up a PG-rated movie. <laughs> Despite the surprising tone of horror in 80s uh, kids' films, from young Sherlock Holmes, uh-huh, to Return to Oz, mm-hmm, one scene uh, really took the biscuit and gave me proper nightmares. I saw this damn thing once, 40 years ago. Can't shake it now. Hmm. Uh, now, I grant you, uh, there, there could be a way to make a jolly cartoony gag of this, I think, but it's filmed with a chilly blue tone and overtly dramatic light, lighting, like an outtake from Hellraiser. In a cinema that, I remind you, must have played before a PG-rated film, before PG-rated films, a man is playing a harp. A second man finds a CD player, revealing that the harpist was only pretending. Huh, he thinks, I'll get him for this. Man, too, grabs the harp jumps in the air, and smashes the harp over the harpist's head. The musician stands there for a second before collapsing sideways. The harpist sliced him like a boiled egg, <laughs> and the slices slide off one by one with a hideous slurping sound. A close-up of the sliced head, now offset on the ground, has it uh, still alive and delivering the payoff line versus puppetry uh, via puppetry before a CD flies into his mouth. The end. <laughs> I don't even know what this is talking about. And my about. favorite holiday special is Klaus. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good one. I think like the I second episode of Ash versus the Evil Dead yeah. um, has a similar death of mm, a character okay. with a harp going, thung, and then, yep. Wow. Okay, well, that was a lot of dark stuff. Yes. Is there is there any uh, e- emails uh, this week? Yeah, there was an email actually. Very it's good. more of an update. Would love will, to hear an update. I will search it out I'll here. Love a good my, update. My good old fashioned phone. It's a good old fashioned phone. Let me just do this and let's see. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, let me go to here. This is from Mark Dobrovolsky, who has wrote wrote who has written in to say, it's a subject is its topic. It says B and S. On The Simpsons. Mm. This is Dave and Ian. In more urgent, breaking Bell and Sebastian news, it seems the ensemble, or at least a facsimile, was on a recent Simpsons episode. Mm. Here's the link in case you missed it. Watch. And then there's a little uh, Pitchfork article, I guess. And it says, they play a cut from Dear Catastrophe Waitress, which is their best album, by the way. Hope you both have... He didn't say that. I said that. That was me editorializing, Mark. (laughs) Hope you agreed with me. Hope you both have wonderful, safe, and fulfilling holidays. Your BS correspondent... 
Mark Darbovolsky. Thank you, Mark. Keep it up. And there's a he sent up there's an image of the group uh playing. And so I have not had time yet to watch this, so I will I will set I'll put the I link I have not seen it either. I'll put the link on the website, everyone, and you may follow that to see it yourself. And I'll watch it then. I apologize, but I'm you know what? I'm just a jerk. And that is unless you wanted me to read reliable supplier of baby wipes. <laughs> How we attracted that. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to wipe away a baby. And it's like, how do you clear the baby out of there? Use a baby wipe. It'll wipe the baby away. And then uh, you'll have a nice baby-free environment. <laughs> yes. Some people, that's what some people want. I was just shutting down things on my computer. And oh, the, I have uh, one more for oh, you. Oh, Sorry. Please do. One more. Wait a second. I, this is not for this episode. This is for later. Okay. I have, a, I have a, some questions to ask later on in the year. Very good. We will save this email. I saw, I saw that one. That's true. And, and our correspondent's name until that time. Very good. We'll keep it a mystery, Jonathan. Oops. I was yeah. just going to mention uh, that as I was shutting things down, a thing popped up from Meryl Marco, uh, where she, the, one of the uh, co-creators of uh, Late Night with David Letterman. Yes. Inventor of uh, Stupid Patrix and some other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, Norman Lear was the uh, first person to give her a job. Oh, so great. there you go. Once again, another uh, point in the favor of Norman Lear. For those of you who are going for him, against him, for him. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, I'm for, I'm for him. Uh, Mostly because of the South Park connection. Yeah, that's the only, yeah. It's what, so charming. What work do you like of his? I like his South Park work, where he's Ben Franklin. Anything else? Nope. <laughs> just so, that. It's just so charming that he that, that happened. Here's a, here's a question I would like to ask, is because... Uh, uh, he was involved in uh, a redo of uh, Good Times, involved in a redo One Day at a Time. He was involved in a re- redo of Who's the Boss. Uh, sorry, he had to die for that. Um, <laughs> what is a TV show? Have we asked this already that should be redone? Revamped? Refreshed? Yeah. Brought up? To Doctor date? Who'd? You know, kind of? Yeah. Do you think the, you think the new Doctor Who's are better than the old Doctor Who? Well, they're such a different show. Yeah. Such a different uh, Idea. style. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if you were to ask me, mm. uh, yes, yeah, I'd say the new ones are okay. better. Yeah, better. I would rather watch a Tom Baker one, but that's probably nostalgia speaking. Yeah, probably if I watched one, I'd be like sleeping on the floor. Um, my question—that's what you're asking me, right? Yeah. My question is, what's your question? <laughs> the, the question of the week is, what is Dave's question? What do you think my question is? Uh, uh, I think it's, what's your favorite issue of existing Earth? One or two? <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite uh, Brett Butt novel? Um. My question is... Oh, by the way, he did write a novel, and we all were talking to him about his novel. Yeah. Which is called Huge, which is well worth a read. It's good. According to me and James, we both read it. Oh, and, and Pia, who listened to the audio version of it and said he was very good at the audio version. Boy, I feel like we've asked every possible question we could ever ask someone. Oh. I'm going to... Have we ever asked this question? If we, if we, this is familiar to you, then let's, I'll change it. But uh, what was your favorite book that your parents read to you when you were a kid? Oh, very nice. And was that book a little too too much B? Too much B in that book? I apologize. I think my uh, I think my spit guard was a little too close to the mic, and I mine I would be it. there was one they read called "Never Talk to Strangers" that had really cool art, and I really liked that oh, one. Okay, yeah, that's the second time that's come up. Stranger Danger from Lisa. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, but it, oh God, it was by so the way, she still won't get in the car with me. Good for her. Yeah. Well, she's scared you're going to turn off her uh, her uh, movie. <laughs> Watching what Christmas story on her phone and like you just I smack just, it out of yeah, her hands. Yeah, take it out of her hands. What, what are you watching here? There you go. So I think that that brings us to the end of our show. It does. So if you want to contact us, everyone, this is how you do it. Beep bop boop a doo. <laughs> you can go to our website. It's called sneakydragon.com. Skip up. You will find there 
uh, space underneath the show to leave a comment. So please do. Hey, you could also write us an email. It's sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Or we're on Facebook, Sneaky Dragon. Or we're on uh, X, formerly Twitter, as Sneaky underscore Dragon. I don't know why you want to go to that shit show. But anyway, uh, or, you know what? Here, I'll tell you something. Tell you this, this for free. I'll tell you this for free, everyone. So on, on our website, when I post the show, it used to be that I could post to, to Facebook, to the website, to Facebook, and, and uh, Twitter at the same time. Well, convenient. It's so convenient. What a time saver. It was. And then X, formerly Twitter, yeah? took away that function. Nice. So now... It's the only dumb thing they've done. They can't, <laughs> they can't do that anymore. Smart. So now I have to like go to a different feature, which allows me to create a link that I can then post uh, later on in the day when I, when I, when I get up. Because now, nowadays what I like to do is watch TV with my wife, and then when she goes to bed, then I watch a TV show on my own, <laughs> then I go outside, and then I edit the show, and then I go to bed, usually around three in the morning. Okay. And I go to bed, and I sleep till nine or something. And then the show goes... And, Wake and the up show, in a cold sweat. Because I think I forgot the show? No. Yeah. Where am I? Where am I? And uh, that the way... the just do it all in one night. So the show drops at 6 a.m. Pacific time regularly every day for the last little while. Because before I would like do it in on Saturday, yeah. but I it think would be your mistake s- is making it a daily show. It was so time dependent, you know. Like it would be like, oh, okay, I'll get up and do it. No, because then I got to do some stuff, or then I got to drive over there and do something, and then I come home and it's like three o'clock. Geez, I better get the show going, <laughs> or whatever. So now, I, now I've got like, like this kind of set thing happening. Who knows how long this will last until I tire of it and <laughs> go to bed? <laughs> but anyway, we'll see. Uh, so anyway, everyone, after that pointless behind the scenes no, that's look. Fine. Uh, let's like anything had a point. <laughs> Listen, I think that you know if there are potties still to this day, there's still potty awards. Uh, I think it's mobile now; it's porta potties. Yeah. But anyway, twenty four hour potty people. <laughs> twenty four hour potty people's words. Will uh, I think potty that's I think that section of us talking about what's happening <laughs> will go down as one of the greatest <laughs> moments in podcast history. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put uh, money on that. I'm gonna go and bet. Whatever the up, up or down, what do they call it? The thing, the thing you do when you gamble. Anyway, I'm gonna go yeah. do that. Bet the the uppies and the downies. <laughs> bet the uppies and the doonies on this whole thing. Anyhow, thank you for listening to this show. I hope you made it to the end. We'll see you. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everyone. Not sure if I did. We did it. We did it. We did it and we didn't even want to.